Hey everybody, welcome back to the Morloff Hour. It's me, your host James, and with my other host, Jack Wilson. What up? Don't forget about our third host, because there is actually three of us on this one. Nathan Heemstra. Yep, 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 yep. We're back, boys. We're here in Ambient Grain Studios. Ambient Grain Studios. Always here. Our We're, third our third go at this, right? Is this number three? This is the third one, and I'm feeling better every time. Better every time. We're getting used to it. We're getting cozy. It's always a good cozy time in here. There's way more grain in here than normal right now, though, so it's making me feel a little claustrophobic on this side. There About is to get busy. A lot of uh, there's a lot of base grain going on. Well, you know that's what they have to, we have to use the most of. So yeah, got some Maris Otter, got some Golden Promise, got some Fireman Pills. There good we go. go, baby. You Look can't do that. any wrong. I'm looking at your specialty malt over here. There's also specialty over there. Got looking two at your specialties. flaked grains over here. Flaked grains, your side. I'm looking at these, you know, rice holes. That's why I put you over there, is because you're you're kind of like an adjunct, you know, something to just add to it. But I'm the pillar. I'm the base. Yeah, that's that's what it is. I'm the color. You're the sugar. Yeah, I'm just the boring guy that sits. <laughs> and then we have color commentary, which is this is what he's actually doing. You're yeah, your body. Which is the flaked stuff? Heck there. yeah, I'm into that. that. Yeah, yeah, I like that even better. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just what you have to default put in there just to make a beer, which is really boring. So sorry, y'all. Like you've said recently, just a warm body, warm body, warm so bodies. Warm. You need them. We do. Be sure to go out and vote, listener. We need the warm bodies to win. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. But if you vote another way, don't vote. I mean, y'all should vote. If you're educated on voting, everyone should go vote. Yeah. Go do your own, go actually do some research, find out about especially local candidates, which are the most important thing, mm-hmm. and go vote and go support your local Iowa Brewers Guild members at their breweries afterward. Yeah. As a post voting celebration. Even better. Let them know you voted. There's actually quite a few breweries that do. If you bring in your I voted sticker, I know 515 used to do it anyway. You'd go in and you, uh, you could play, uh, I think, voting bingo. And they had a different version of Clue. And then if you had your oh, I voted fine. sticker, I think you got a dollar off a pint that night. Or at least, I mean, I think that was 2019 last time I went and did that. But uh, I, I'm sure there, there are other breweries that support that, especially downtown near the uh, actual election office for Des Moines specifically. So, yeah, I'm there. I don't know if we do that. We can do it. I'm into it. I'm into it, too. Flix won't do it. No offense. Sorry, Flix. It's a little too short notice. <laughs> Too short notice, maybe too political. But anyways, guys, that's our Rock the Vote. Rock the Vote. Little uh, plug. MTV found a few dollars. Now we have to pay Jay-Z, right? Is it, isn't he the guy that does that? I don't know. But I hope we don't have to pay him. He's got more money than I do. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, it's, I think it's a found, It's a charitable foundation. Oh, they can still pay us, though. We're doing charity work. So that's it. Go out and vote. Okay. So favorite Iowa beer of the week. Yeah, or should we start with what we're drinking? We could do what we're drinking right now. Well, yeah. I mean, it's going to get really tired and boring if we're at Flix every time on what we're drinking right now. Well, I'll bring in, I'll, I'll start to bring in some cans or something. I got to bring in some outside stuff too, if it's Iowa beer specifically, but uh, not just the seller challenge because cur- that's our big boys. Currently, we're just uh, a couple of us are drinking a certain collaboration. Well, all of us are technically drinking collaboration beers, but with yeah, different breweries. We are. See, we support Iowa here. We support Iowa here, yeah. Jack and I are drinking Final Girl. Yep. Which comes out today. Yeah, came out today. It'll be out 
By the time you listen to this, it'll be here. It'll still be here. Yep. You'll be able to find it at Cabco too. It's it, it's a Vienna Lager base, but we yep. used a thialized yeast, which yep. means it's very aromatic and potent in the flavor arena. Yeah, it's got some really cool passion fruit and guava flavors, which you wouldn't normally find in a Vienna Lager. Uh, yeah. But the aftertaste has some of that fruitiness to it, but still mm-hmm. has like the good caramel sort of bread toasty note that a Vienna Lager would normally. Yeah, it's a very good match. It seems like... The color turned out great on it, too. Oh, so I'm yeah. really happy about that. It's just like you look at it and you hear Vienna Lager and then unless you know what thiols are, you go, oh, this tastes really fruity. And a lot of people really dug it. We uh, premiered it last night at our beer dinner, and a lot of people were raving about it. We paired it with a uh, a raspberry and a jalapeno bacon uh, pizza, and the fruitiness of that raspberry sauce that was on it uh, went really well with the beer, too. So uh, people were loving it. Yeah, I don't know if I've had a Vienna Lager before. What are some other... Vienna lagers that I'm, I might have heard of or might, so, might, might be aware the of. The most popular one worldwide, if you want to go domestics, actually is uh, Negro Modelo. Oh, is yeah. a Vienna lager. Um, Great I, bear. And I believe Capital Gold is technically a Vienna. Vienna lager is such a style that has such a wide breadth of color and flavor because it was kind of lost to history for a while. So then there's two subsects. There's a lot of Mexican Vienna lagers, and then there's just Vienna lagers in general. And the color can be like, Almost gold to almost brown. So yeah, capital gold copper. is gold, gold. Yep. Yeah. So you're gonna see a lot of them. I have like a slight copper hue to red to almost brown in color. So, and then the the flavors are just all over the place too. So it's kind of a really wide. I mean, IPAs wide style lagers in general have different yeah. wide styles. It's not like as pinpoint as like it's you like, know a Czech style pilsner. Yeah, it's like a lightly to moderately malty clean lager. Yep. Which ours is kind of it's clean anachronistic. It is clean. It's clean, but it's the yeast derived flavor in there. Yeah, very purposeful. yeast. Um, very purposeful. Of course, that's why we chose a thylacine lager. We wanted but, to have fun. Yeah, very expressive yeast. It's super fun beer. It's nice to drink. It's crushable. It's only five and a half percent. Yeah, so you'll need to look out for that, listener. Um, we're enjoying it. It's it's uh paired with Halloween ends, mm-hmm. which. Love that franchise, and it's great. I don't know about the movie. We're going to see. I'm going to see it this weekend, and uh, follow me on social media, and I'll, I'll tell it, you. I'll let you know. Yeah, I'll let you know. Nathan, do you, do you know, or would you like me to tell you all about what you're drinking? Yeah, Jack, what am I drinking? <laughs> it's delicious. I like it a lot. You're drinking Hug I It Out. I don't remember what it was. It's called Hug It Out. It's a hazy IPA <laughs> that we originally did with Hazelig. Uh, from Newton a long time ago in 2019 we did a collaboration event for Des Moines Beer Week or I guess it was IOCraft Beer Week at that point uh, and it was that was a hazy IP then too but we wanted to do it again and just because we use the name we still call it a collaboration because the beer in essence is still collaborative at its heart and if you go on untapped it says collaboration so we weren't going to just take away the phrase collaboration off of it um, but the hops are entirely different greens entirely different this time around it's a Equinot, Mosaic, and Simcoe uh, is what it is this time. So it's about 3.4 pounds per barrel of hops total. And uh, yeah, it's it, it comes in a little bit higher, a little bit sweeter too. It finished at a slightly higher gravity, which people are tending to like more for our seasonal beers as opposed to Nebulous, which finishes a little bit drier. So we like to have one that finishes a little bit drier, it's Nebulous, and then our seasonal ones we like to make different, not just the hops, but also like the finishing gravity on it. Yeah. And the malt bill, I imagine, too. Malt bill, very yeah. different. Split bases, a lot more adjuncts, all that good stuff. Yeah. Higher higher finishing alcohol content, too. It's about yeah. 7, 7%. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's nice. really nice. I had it uh, uh, last week, and it was quite nice. I've had it quite a few times. Actually. When did it release? Uh, it actually re- released almost a month ago. So we've okay. had it for a little while. We had it at the Lou. I brought a little bit to the Lou episode, didn't yeah. I? Yeah, yeah, you did, I think. Yeah, and I, I think that we drank that before maybe the, the pod, mm-hmm. before the podcast started. Yeah. Because I think that was like a week and a half after it released. Yeah, which three, four months, three, four weeks is when IPAs really start to hit their stride. So if you want to if you want to see Hug It Out in its prime, now's the time. Now's the time. Or there'll be another hazy IPA that's coming out right after that'll be similar but different hops. Exactly. Yeah. As we, we have three hazies on right now. <laughs> Most we've had on ever, maybe. Yeah, you guys have some great ones on right now, too. It's Collaboration a, with the Bright Side's amazing Gossamer. Gossamer, yeah. Um, I just like having Hazy IPA on, you know this. But let's let's move from what we're drinking right now to what you think maybe your favorite Iowa beer specifically was of the last yeah, week or since we last sure. since we last met even. Heck yeah. I would me, if I'm gonna go first, I had uh, a cold IPA. They're calling it an IPL as well. It's kind of a it's in that range from seventeen seventeen brother adversity. Pretty good. Nice, fruity, tropical, soft mouthfeel. Very nice, easy to drink. Uh, I think it's only like six, six and a half. So pretty tame for that kind of style. But uh, I was there earlier today and it was sipping real dang well. Nice. I mean, I could, I could talk all about Fence Line, which we just recorded an episode. Oh, yeah. At this, if you're listening to this in order or somewhere in the timeline. But I could talk all about that. That's but a we tease. Talk, but we talked plenty about that on that episode. So. Those were great. I think yeah. all phenomenal. Um, but if I go outside of like what we were drinking there, I actually had, I think it's called Runaway Tropical Stout from Peachtree. Like, oh, I, yeah. Um, I've been wanting to make a tropical stout, and it's kind of a style that's been coming up and talked about more frequently lately. So yeah. I'm trying to find any example I can and drink it. And it's it's they're so weird and so different, and they're so good and fruity and estery um it's it's just phenomenal yeah so i i really dug that one i got some uh last week and i was drinking on that like a lot so i really enjoyed that i know dustin really wants to brew one with some like peel and silo you know throw some of that sugar in there sure yeah you know zhuzh it up um the big differentiator is whether you're going to use lager use or ale yeast and both are okay apparently oh really yeah huh well stylistically you know know what would be great in that is maybe a thialized yeast Maybe, yeah. I'd probably go Cosmic Punch. Yeah, toned down a little bit, yeah. not as crazy as the newer ones are. Yeah, for sure. I think that could be like really cool, especially if you're going to be somewhat aggressive with your malt bill. Sure. I think that could be good. But I'm also like guessing on it because I've only had maybe two examples of the style. Yeah. So I should probably seek out that peace tree. Yeah, I don't think I ever have. They have in six-pack cans right now on the shelves, so shout out peace tree. Good job. It's really, it's really tasty. It's really Ooh, tasty. Yeah. I hope it shows up, you know? Yeah. In I, my I, hand. In your hand? Well, <laughs> if we were at my house, I have a couple left. I could have brought some. I'm sorry I didn't. We should have recorded Yeah, we just had to drink your beer. Oh, oh I know. Yeah. God, for, I, I just need the plug every single time, you know? <laughs> Flick's Brewhouse, the movies, the beer, the, the cinema. Next time we're going to record at Wilson Audio Labs. Is that my house? Yeah. <laughs> There's not a good room in there, though. And a dog We're going to record with the, the chickens. chickens. <laughs> in the coop. <laughs> yeah. Audio and texture. grains. There's still some grains out there. With yeah, them. there we Nathan, go. Nathan, what was your favorite beer this week? Yeah, so this past weekend, my wife and I went to Linderset Cidery. Oh. So we picked some apples. Um, I what wanted kind of to... apples? Oh, geez. A bunch of different kinds. I don't even remember their names. You make pies? No, we've just been eating them. 
Just oh, a good apple. Got a, got some caramel to dip. So we got Shout out. App, bought an apple cutter, oh. dipping in caramels. Oh, nice. Didn't have an apple cutter before. Shout out Pink Ladies. John, yeah. John of Golds. I think we had some John of Golds. We had, we had this one apple, which is not beer, but it was like a dark red, like whiny apple. And so like the 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 the, the fruit was a dark. The flesh was darker. The skin was like blackish red, almost like a plum. And it had a really like crisp, dry, like wine texture. Now, how does this really relate into your favorite Iowa thing you drank this week besides just eating apples? Well, that's his favorite Iowa beer. While we were there, it's also a it's also a cidery. Yep. And so we had a hard cider while we were there. And I really, really liked their Winterset uh, Winterset cider. It's a pretty dry, pretty crisp, slightly sweet hard cider. And hard cider was the first uh, alcohol that I liked. And so that kind of got me into into beer, into craft beer. Um, I didn't really like regular beer when I turned 21. I could only drink ciders. I feel like a lot of people had like that stepping yeah. something into finding what you like to drink. And like, yeah. Like, I remember having an Angry Orchard, and I'm like, even when I was 21, I was like, oh, this is really sweet. Yeah. So then I started to like the more dry ciders, more wine-like. Sure. A bit drier. Yeah. And the carbonation's also nice on ciders. I enjoy that, too. Yeah, so I like going back and finding, like, really well-made cider. Um, And, like, another another great Iowa cidery is Sutliff Cidery. Uh, I really like their stuff up. Back when I was living in Cedar Rapids, I had a lot of a lot of their cider, and it was really excellent. I think my favorite Iowa cider is probably um, Jefferson County's um, tart cherry oak aged yes. cider. <clears throat> That's always in my like. And when I think of cider in Iowa, it's that one yeah. or um, fish back in Stevenson's first crush. I love that one too. It's like a watermelon jolly. Yeah, it rancher. tastes like a jolly rancher, which it's so good. It takes me out because I'm like, I don't want the watermelon, but people love it. We have it on tap here, and it's like one of our top selling so drafts good. just because of the color also draws people in, yeah, which is because like pinkish, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I also, Deals has some good cider too. Yeah. I'm just, I'm actually surprisingly more, I like, I, I like cider quite a bit. Yeah. I, uh, I don't always seek it out, but when it's like on, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So how, it's clearly different, but how hard would it be for a brewery to make a hard cider? Is it a well, completely different process? Different license. Not, yeah, different, different license. license. Okay. We're not allowed to okay. do it. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted to do it, it'd have to be quote-unquote separate facilities. Okay. And I know that there's ways to skirt around that. Like, in some states, like, people just have to put up, like, a partition or a wall, and all the equipment has to be used differently. Yeah. I think it's crazy that there's we're still so antiquated in our laws and stuff to make it be like, oh, this has to be this, this has to be that. Yeah. I mean, if you're not producing like crazy high alcohol stuff, yeah. but I mean, you can produce beer up to 18% now in Iowa. Is that what it is? 18, uh, 19, 18 or 19, 19 and a half in January. Right. Yeah. It's, and well, you can serve liquor too. It's just yes, like, I, why, I don't know different licenses and stuff. I mean, the equipment you could repurpose it, but they have some very specific stuff like yeah. fruit presses and whatnot. And if you're not just buying juice uh, to bring in, and then you have to have a lot of other uh, additives to make cider good. Uh, yeah. To make sure it's not super sulfurous or um, mm-hmm. have other um, like wine layer too. off flavors, yeah. Because some some of that uh, fermenting cider, I guess maybe we should sometime go out to a cider place and talk to them. That'd be an interesting. Yeah. Uh, there, I think behind the veil. cider's in the guild now, isn't it? Cider is in the guild. Yep. Yeah. So we we totally should. I mean, I would love that. That's a great idea. Um, 
Dustin, my assistant brewer and good friend, he's uh he's uh he also brews cider and wine, and so he has like some good insight on that from the homebrew level. He was just telling me recently that uh for some wines you actually added an acid blend, yep. which is like malic, citric, and lactic, I think, or maybe like you know some s- multiple forms of acid to kind yep. of you know round it out and Crisp brighten dry it finishes, up and stuff. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. for sure. So I'm sure cider may have something like that as well, but um, it'd be certainly something fun to try. I think the closest we can get is like it's fifty fifty, isn't it? Either a graph or graph. um, Confluence has made one too. They teamed up with an orchard and did one, I yeah. believe, which is awesome because it comes from you know Stephen King stuff. Yeah. Um, the Dark Tower. That's where graph comes from. That's where the phrase comes from. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I awesome. thought it would have existed bef- way before the books. Mm-mm. I think it came from, like, I mean, the Dark Tower series. People have made them for a long time, though. Cider and beer? Yeah. And a cider malt beverage? Yeah. I feel like, historically, people have probably been making them for long, Since long, the long, early long, long 80s? time. early 80s? I bet it's been longer. <laughs> I'll, I'll pull out a history book next time. I'll, I don't know. What's the, what's the one that's... check you um, the next honey. Mo- Morloff Hour. Mead. No, no. he's talking oh. about... Um, oh, my bad. What are they called? Braggit. Brag it, yeah. That's the, that's the closest we could get to meat, and graph is the closest we can get to cider. Yeah. But it has to be over 50% malt on both. Yeah. Which I've had very good examples of both. I've not had a ton of the graphs. I've had a lot of braggots. Um, I think it's just easier for breweries to do that versus using having to deal with the apple juice and stuff. Sure. I mean... Honey's a pretty common ingredient for beer, but mm. apple juice is not. No, it's, no, it's not. No, it's not. But... Yeah, and come to think of it, I I don't think of apple in like too many sours, like because I'm think I feel I feel like I mostly see berries. I, I feel like a lot like of times brewers try to brewers try to shy away from apple flavor because that bright green apple flavor is an off flavor, acetaldehyde yeah. in beer. So I feel like a lot of brewers try to avoid apple flavor, but like non green apple flavor in beer is can be great. So. Yeah, like I don't remember what the name of the Confluence beer was, but that beer it was really good. Yeah. I always have to use them as examples because they make a new beer every week, so they have a lot of crazy styles that come out. Yeah. I guess speaking of confluence, do you want to move into beer news? Let's do it. Beer news. Beer news. Beer news. Beer news. Beer news. Beer news. GABF just happened. Yep. The awards ceremony. Mm-hmm. Iowa's showing was small but significant. Very significant. In one of the first rounds, which is the Pro-Am. Pro-Am. Confluence won. For their uh, the Cult Rauch, which is a Rauch beer with Randy Daniels, who previously mentioned on the podcast, and the other guy. There's another home brewer. Oh no, KC. We'll we'll shout him out here in a second if he wants to look it up. But yeah, we actually talked about that beer that I tried it at the uh, Mana Beer Festival, and now that it won a gold medal at the largest beer competition in the entire United States for in the Pro Am competition. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. It's not just a, like a great thing for Confluence. I mean, they scale it up, but it's really cool that Iowa home brewers made the initial recipe, got it through one the thing here to get the collaboration with Confluence and that the fact that Confluence felt so strongly about it that they entered it into this large of a competition. And it's for a very unique style of beer, smoke beers like because the Pro-Am could be any style of beer. It's not one okay. specific one. So it's competing against hazy IPAs, sours, everything yeah. like that. So it's such a mixed bag to have a smoke beer come out on top is uh, pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Randy Daniels and Casey McKinney. 
Oh, you were right about Casey. There yeah. you go. So shout it out. So good for listening. them. Teaming up, you know, with uh, Confluence. That's amazing. And uh, a gold. That's something to, you know, hang your hat on right there. I feel like any GABF medal is something to hang your hat on. But 100%. like getting that gold is, you know, just even more above and beyond. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, it can be a crapshoot. It's just like you have, like, once again, wide amount of styles in there. But it's a lot of the times it feels like a roll of the dice. But like you have to have such a high quality product to even be in the dice roll. That's that's how crazy it is. Yeah. And that's awesome. I need to go out and sample it. I'm not the biggest smoked guy. We've heard this on the podcast previously. Pair it with some good food and it just elevates it, I think. So have it with some cheese. And I think like smoked beer with like a really like dank cheddar is really good. Mm. Um, I mean, even like I don't like pairing it with smoked cheese because it's already smoked. So then the smoke flavors can be different Mm -hmm. um, and kind of contrast with each other. But I often have smoked beers with uh, cheeses and bread as like part of a charcuterie board because it Mm. also goes pretty well with like the meat uh, portion of that and with like some pickles and mustard. Oh, yeah. Some Cornichons. Shout out Django. Listen, Des Moines-based listeners, Tuesdays, a revelation at Django. They got appetizers. They're crazy cheap. They have Hmm. drinks. They're cheap. It's a great time. They have uh, no corkage fee. No corkage fee. You can just go somewhere. You can come home, grab a bottle or two of wine, take your partner out, take your friends out, and... uh, you get the shark board for $12. It's huge. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you get a few of those. You guys share them. Or you get some of their poutine, which is a wonderful size for the price. Their escargot is also phenomenal if it's still on the menu. It is. I saw a woman eating it yesterday. I, I don't I think like, it's interesting. On, I don't think it's on their uh, uh, specialty, like ha- like lower price apps, though. I think it's still it was not. normal priced. Yeah. No, it was not. Still very good. I bet it is. Um, Squid, great snails, snails, snails. Uh, great calamari time, squid. It tastes like it tastes oh. like just like buttery goodness and just like delicious. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, um, sh- oh, I guess we should talk about the other brewery that won uh, a medal at good old Great American Beer Festival. Lake Time. Lake Time specialty beer. Mm-hmm. I think is what it was under. Yep. That's their peanut butter porter, peanut which butter. is oh yeah, a very famed peanut butter beer here in Iowa. It's a slapping beer too. Oh yeah, I mean we've had it on tap for the longest time here, and like. It's it's one of our once again it's one of our best selling things that's on the draft yeah. wall, super well known. I mean, like if you if you've heard of Iowa craft beer or have come up in Iowa craft beer, it's like one of those ones when you're trying to get into beer. Like if we're talking to intro about intro beers, yeah, for peanut butter beer specifically, they make it all the time. Not everybody makes a peanut butter beer all the time, mm-hmm. but yeah. So that's uh pretty crazy, and they got a bronze. Did we did we say that already? Got, no, we didn't. A, and that's another category though, where it's kind of a catch all category. So you can have different, way different. So the judging flight for these things when they set it out could be like crazy different beers. And yeah. like, depending on you're at, where you're at on the flight, it's like, takes a bit of luck. But once again, if you can come out on top of one of those catch-all categories, it's like, that's crazy. Yeah. And that's awesome that they won. Because you're talking about categories that can have upwards of like, you know, 150, 200, 300. American IPA entries. this year had over 400. Yeah, that oh, was God. bonkers. That's a lot. So yeah. for competitions like this, are the judges sort of, well, what are the metrics they're looking for? Are they looking to, this matches the style excellently? There's this a, was delicious and I just was blown away by this. Like what they, is. There's a whole the like judge. scoring guidance yeah. stuff. Obviously you're going to have your individual biases and in how you interpret those. Yeah. It's just like IPA. If we want to go into like, 
pretend I'm put a judge that's put into specialty beer category, right? Maybe I hate peanut butter. <laughs> like, so you try to judge it objectively. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's subjective. Like, if I don't like peanut butter, I try to be as objective as possible. Mm-hmm. But I'm still, I still don't like peanut butter. So yeah. I'm going to end up judging that lower. So, and just like judges also don't like certain type of hops. So it's just like if a judge really hates a certain flavor and a certain hop, the biggest thing is, is the beer clean? Like everything like that. Is it not infected? Doesn't have any off flavors at the start? And most of them get through that. And then the rest of it, they try to be as objective as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's why they have the scoring guidelines and stuff too. But if I hate like Enigma and there's a large dose of Enigma in a beer, I'm going to be like, oh, I don't really like that one. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, judging all that stuff could be a whole separate conversation for sure that we don't need to get into. But Props to all the judges and volunteers that go out and do that and the stewards that actually go mm-hmm. take part. Even in the um, the IBU Open, which is where Randy and Casey won, they had stewards that hand those things to judges and organize things. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort for people to go through all the process to even get to judge these things. So shout out to all the volunteers and stuff that actually go out um, and get that stuff done. Yeah. I have a good friend who is certified as a beer judge on one of the like the lower levels as sure. like he can judge homebrew competitions. Mm-hmm. The BJCP certification yep. program. Yep. And uh that's redundant. I shouldn't have not sent the B the BJ certification program. <laughs> beer judge certification program. Yeah. And so he's he's done he's done smaller competitions and I've I've learned a little bit about what that process would be like if he would want to judge at great American or at other like larger festivals, whatever, what that would take for him as a beer judge to get to that point. So that was really interesting, but he talked a lot about in that certification, how important it was for him to mm. be certified was to be able to match two style guidelines yep. mm. and like super tasty adjuncty things might not get far in some circles when you're judging to a specific style right. guideline. Well, that's why there's there's categories like specialty beer. There's category like urban spice beer. There's all they're trying to create slowly because previously they only put out a guide style guideline every five years. But beer is evolving so quickly they yeah. had like you know a, amendments to their style guidelines to add new stuff. Like tropical stout literally just got added. I don't know, like yeah, because they had a 2015, which is what I started studying when I started like getting serious about beer and stuff and then in 2020 they had one and then they've amended it since then so every five years they put out a huge new one they where they update the old styles and stuff and then they try to add new styles as can be but it's hard to keep up with the way beer is moving yeah um yeah so you're seeing like some some interesting ones too because i saw like hazy strong pale ale yep, hazy I was strong. like what yep. is that like you know it's like the, the the delineations i haven't looked into it there you know there might be a good reason for it but just watching the live stream because it was going so it was like they were snapping it like they so, were just like hammering it out the, because there's so many categories gabf doesn't go along the bjcp guidelines but they use a lot of g bjcp judges and uh brewers sure uh, they go along with the, the brewers association also has their own set of guidelines oh. and they actually update that more often than the bjcp does but the bjcp does a ton of like like homebrew, everything like that, like your friend who does competition. So there's multiple different style guidelines, but the judges should be should try to be versed in, in all the different types. Yeah. Because also every competition can have their own different style guidelines or lump different beers uh, together. Like um, we're looking at uh, the best of craft beer for next year, which is judged in like March. And 
They have chili beers, chocolate beers, and urban spice beers all lumped together in one category. And that sounds like a nightmare to judge if uh, I'm being completely honest. Oh, the palate fatigue and all that stuff has to be just like. No. Wow. Like you're really doing like a trial there. And like, I think if I remember right, when they were talking GABF, it's like over nine days that they're judging all this beer. And it's like multiple panels, um, you know, just to preserve that palate. Yeah. And to give like people a rest and stuff. Um, I mean, there's and have the know, judges not be completely trashed. Yeah. Well, I think it, it, it might be like wine, too, where you just spit it out. Oh, I, okay, I guess okay. maybe it's your yeah. option if you'd yeah. like to. Sure. You know, it's it's individual things. But, you know, they're they're they, they tend to be consummate professionals about it. Yeah. Of you course, know, I'd like to think so. Like it's a it's a the GABF is a. And to and this year was the 40th anniversary. Yep. So it's like it very much has the longevity and stuff. And they've definitely been able to continue Most to hone in ever. Yeah. Oh, was it really? Mm-hmm. They've, you know, really been able to hone in on stuff. And, you know, like, uh, you know, outsiders might see it as just like a bunch of people drinking, but it's very much been, you know, categorized and objectified and standardized and all that stuff to where, you know, just like wine. Yeah. Where that we can talk about it intelligently and stuff. And mm-hmm. the fact that, uh, Two Iowa breweries this year got to come home with the medal is pretty awesome. You know, not the biggest showing we've had in recent years, but still great. If Iowa's on the board, I'm very happy about it because, once again, it's a crapshoot. So if we can get something, because not everybody enters beers. You didn't enter beers, right? I mean, I didn't enter any beer now. Yeah. So, I mean, not not every brewery that has like award caliber beers is even entering it, or Mm -hmm. they don't feel like that would be strong enough. So they don't enter it when it could have potentially been the top dog. So there's tons of other Iowa breweries that don't even think to enter the competition because it costs a lot of money to enter. So totally. I mean, I can definitely say, you know, that all my beer is, has the potential to win awards. So, you know, if you're looking for award winning beers, you know, with an asterisk that says award winning potential, come to Cabco, get on down to Cabco. These are great beers. Well, while we're talking about GABF, should we move on to the, we're talking about a big old beer festival. Should we go on to the listener question for the week? Yeah, let's do it. So this comes from Robbie Clark. Shout out, Robbie. Here we go. Okay. Quote. I'm a grade A miserly chintzy ass cheapskate, but I really do love <laughs> beer festivals. If you had to pick one to go into the next year or one you've been to in the last year, which one do you think is most worth going to? And is it really worth it to buy the early access VIP passes? I think, well, unquote. Well, let's start with which festival you want to go to. And, and we're, we should probably limit it to Iowa. We could talk about some outside of Iowa if we want to, but for the sake of keeping it contained, let's talk about Iowa specifically. Well, if I had to go Iowa, I'm probably going to the, oh, that's tough because there's, there's two that I have that I would go through. Two for different reasons. Mm-hmm. There's Burfest, which is January. Yep. In Coralville. Yep. Which is so much fun. Um, I think that's when people let a little loose. You know, we just went through winter's happening. We just got through a hard ass summer uh and fall. Um, you kind of like it's the first time you see some people in a while. You kind of get to bust a move with some homies. Uh, that's always a great time. But if I am wanting to try a ton of beer, I'm going to go to the Iowa Craft Beer Festival because 
damn near everybody goes there. It has the highest amount of breweries. It has insane attendance. There's a bunch of events that go around, um, you know, the day beforehand, the day of, that is so fun to participate in. So to simplify it, as a brewer, I love Burfest. As a consumer, as a craft beer fan, I would craft beer festival is what I would choose. And the VIP, I think VIP is always worth it because you get an extra hour, not as many people because they usually have very limited um, number of VIP tickets. So you get to at least have one hour just to you and, you know, maybe 100, 200 people or however many it is. You know, it's a very small contingent. And you get to sometimes that's when uh, breweries will bring out like some like cool stuff. Like maybe they have like a barrel aged stout you didn't get to try or just like a crazy sour, a weird like pastry stout or a huge IPA. Just something fun that they brought for the festival. So I think paying that extra like 10, 20 dollars is totally worth it. I do have some honorable mentions, but we can talk about that later. Sure. Yeah. I, I As a brewer versus as a consumer, two really big topics of conversation also depends on where you live. Like, oh, yeah, if I'm from Des Moines and it's the Isle Craft Beer Festival. Like you have to think of like, do I want to take a trip out and make an event of the weekend? Like because you also have to think about that cost in it, too, because if you're going to go to Burfest and drive, yeah. you know, the hour and a half from Des Moines to get there, mm-hmm. you might want to do more than that, which ends up costing you more money. So if you're just trying to save money and you live in Des Moines or live in Cedar Rapids, you live in Amana or, you know, Iowa City or the, yeah. like that, that's definitely a thing you have to consider in there. And that's but, a- that's a good point. Like I, I was just considering ticket price yeah. and experience, and you're talking about the actual logistics. Yeah. Where it's like because he's talking about I'm, I don't have a lot of money. Which yes. one do I pick? So, like location then, based. Then, then the answer to that would be the festival closest to you. Because yeah, yeah, like the biggest closest festival to you, I think. Because there's something really unique about going to Amana for the Amana beer or the Millstream yeah, beer bash. That was cool because it's a beautiful scenic place, but that's more of an event one. You spend time in a manor, you do this, you stay there, you stay around it. And you, that is, that seems like more of a, I'm spending more time around it. Cause it's a bit smaller of a beer fest. Yeah. Uh, now anyway, as they continue to grow, but part of it is spending the time in a manor and that's part of the experience. And while that's cool, if I have limited on money, that might not be what I'm looking for. Yep. And if I want to guarantee good weather, good, or at least you got all, a ton of beer, great space you don't have to worry about weather i would say burfest then for bang for your buck it's a t- most of the breweries it's inside you don't have to worry about the weather mm-hmm. consistent and, yeah and then it's it and it's in a bit of an expensive area but like unless you live in des moines that's the closest biggest one i think in iowa that you can get to and i th- think most of the breweries that are in iowa go to that one as well maybe some of the ones out in the west that's the nice thing about the iowa craft beer festival is because it's centrally located you get breweries from all over coming in mm-hmm. whereas smaller breweries on the other side of the state might not want to make it all the way to iowa city but they do put up brewers and hotels which is helpful for that that is so nice of Burfest. like that was what was able to help us at capco yeah <clears throat> almost a year it. ago at this point yeah yeah because like justifying that to like ownership and stuff you're like well they you know they paid for the we have the hotel yeah. For, you know, a night or two nights or whatever they pay it. And they're just like, oh, all right. Yeah. Get your ass up there. Right. All and, right. 
Yeah, and and that's part of the brewing side. But for people coming inside, I mean, that's an incentive to get other breweries there. Yeah, it is limited in space and capacity, so not every brewery can actually get into it. But they've put a more priority into getting Iowa brewers specifically mm-hmm. there because mm-hmm. it used to not be that way. There used to be national brands in there as well. Oh, I was not they're, aware. They're moving back on that because it used to be just a thing to fund the fireworks. That's oh, how, really? Yeah, so that's Coralville's fireworks. It's how it's oh, mostly funded, and then sure. it moved into being more of a guild event. It didn't used to be a guild event at all. And then they've moved it into being more of a guild-focused guild event. Yeah. And so any guild members should have first priority to get into it. But it's still in a hotel ballroom, so it's limited space. So not everybody can get in. If there's everybody wants to get in, not everybody could. That's another thing that's nice about the Waterworks Park now for the Iowa Craft Beer Festival. Um, so I don't know. I, lo- I love the venue. It's been great venue, but we haven't had a bad weather year yet since we've moved there. So like... That's that's the nice thing about Burfest. So I, to just give it a different answer is you don't have to worry about that for sure. So you're saying at the end of the day, if you had to choose, because you're spending your money, that's one of the things you don't have to worry about. You don't yeah. have to. Well, it's but Iowa. find find your local lizard. <laughs> find your local craft beer festival. Yeah, biggest closest one to you would be the best money, and go to that one. So if you if you live in Des Moines, go to the craft beer festival. Mm-hmm. You know you can get an Uber there. You can go there. You can get an Uber back. You can have, you know, they have a $5 tickets for your uh, DD. And there's plenty of stuff to drink. There's kombucha. There's sodas. You know, there's water and stuff. There's a lot of food trucks now at the Craft Beer Festival. There's parking. <laughs> yeah, parking. Park, you yeah, don't have to so, worry about paying for parking. You're, if you've got a ticket, you get a spot in the lot. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's similar at like Burfest and stuff where they do have designated driver tickets. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, bring your mom. Bring your uh, your dad, you know, whoever wants to like help you out, and, you and, know, bribe them with pizza. And if you want to talk about the VIP versus non VIP, I still think the VIP is the extra ten dollars going to make your experience, extra fifteen dollars going to make your experience way better. You actually yeah. get a chance if you care about the craft beer and want to learn more about craft beer. It gives you the opportunity to actually talk to people. Yeah, instead that's a of great just point. standing in a line for fifteen minutes to get one sample of a beer. Yeah, and you'll have those people that are like, it's like hour two or three. And they like they want to like chat your ear off, and it's like, dude, I got like fifty people behind you, right? So and you, it's like I'd love to talk to you about this beer because that's you know that's an aspect of our job. Mm-hmm. But like I'm gonna need you to like if you want to hang out like on the side, and when I go to sip a glass of water, you can ask me a question right. real but quick. You're not you as focused. The focus <laughs> exactly. of their attention is much more on the guest um, during for the sure, VIP for hour sure, for and sure. the special beers. Because as a brewer. Or even as a guest, if you keep going to these festivals over and over and over, if you're going to every single one, you're going to see a lot of repeat beers. But the VIP beers are often just the most unique ones, so they're not often repeats. Uh, I know some breweries bring Firkins or the coolest barrel-aged thing or something that is going into, like a naked version of a beer that's going into barrels, and this is just what didn't get into barrels, and here's this cool thing. Nathan, as a non-brewer, what do you think? What's it like in in your experience? Uh, I've been to one. Okay, and it was a non-Iowa specific craft beer festival. It was held. It was like 2017, I think, and it was held at Wells Fargo, the like the Hy-Vee Hall. Oh, Hy-Vee Craft. No, no. This was a. This was a. It was uh, just called like craft brew or something like that. Yeah, I volunteered at that. I was there. I was for the Omagong tent. Yeah, it was. And it was a pretty cool experience. I mean, just getting to hang out, hang out with a friend. It wasn't the beer, food, and wine expo. It was not that. No. Okay. This was like a. They were doing a whole tour across. Yeah, it was like a one-off thing. Oh, here in Des Moines, right? There was like, there was like, no, 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 no. 
They were like they were here in Des Moines. They would be like up in like the Twin Cities. They were oh, okay. on like they were like traveling. It was like kind of a traveling thing because it was a lot of national brands. Yes. And there was would, some local stuff there too, though. Yeah, There's national brands and local. If the yeah, but the national have them I exactly. Yeah, so it was more like distributor driven. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and I mean it was it was it was pretty fun. And this past year, I I didn't end up going to the Iowa Craft Beer Festival uh, because I looked at the forecast the week of, and I was a little bit nervous. Mm. And it ended up being a perfect day. It yeah, was. But yeah. It ended up being a perfect day. But like when I was thinking about it earlier in the week to talk to my wife about it. I was like, it's a little iffy right now. So I think I'll think I'll pass. This oh, year. man. So I've only been to one, but I, I would love to go to. Hey, next others. year now. Yeah. You, now you're obligated. First to go. week. Now June. I have to go. Tickets will be on sale eventually. <laughs> well, Burfest even sooner. Burfest even sooner. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Iowa Brewers Guild. Put those tickets on sale now. Yeah. Let's get them. Give get us them tickets. Early. <laughs> We're us yeah, what are you talking about? Hook well, me up. Yeah, it would just be Nathan. Nathan you could just get in as some of the pouring beer in our face. Like we yeah. have five or four tickets in <laughs> right. to these things. It's not even a problem. You're right. You're right. You're right. So skewed. Like it's hard for me to think about before I was a brewer and had the luxury of just getting into these things for free. Yeah. And so was, I think the last time I went to one not for free was pre like pre 2015. So it's been a long time for me. Um, last one I paid for would have been an Aircraft Beer Festival, probably. Right, as well, I think. Probably 2016. Um, was that back when it was still on the bridge or was that? Yes, it was. And I was like, I had just came back from Germany. So I've been drinking solid for a month and I felt like absolute dog shit. (laughs) And it was like the weekend after. So it was like, I maybe sampled like eight beers and I was like, I have to sit down and drink water. I was like, I did not feel good. The bridge wasn't a good place for a beer fest either, especially when it's sunny. And it was just, so, the heat it was just so radiates hot. off that bridge and off the water of the river. It's just not, I'm so happy now that it's a waterworks park. I mean, the upgrade to that, where the Iowa taproom one was, was fine. But once again, limited parking, the heat radiating off the street. Tough. Yeah. It was not so, good. Waterworks Park has been amazing yeah. so far. And also it has plenty of room to grow. Exactly. You can same with the uh the beer bash. Plenty of room there. Yeah, plenty and of room. And I there. will also shout out uh the Barntown Get Down. Yeah. That was a very cool first year for that. Would have liked to see more local stuff there. I mean, yeah. it was the day before. It was the day before, right? Or the was month it the week before? or the week before. Week before the Iowa Craft Beer Fest. That's that's a rough one because then you're pitting people against themselves. I think a lot of those people went to both. But not everybody could if they want to grow that event. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. But like, I think Barntown had had this because they tried to do this right before COVID. Then COVID yeah. hit. So they, they'd had this date picked out for quite a while. And then, um, you know, yeah, then Craft Beer, our Craft Beer Festival happened to be the next weekend. Yeah. Which if there was a, a, a wider berth between the two. Yeah. You'd probably capture people on both ends. Yeah. Uh, but. For the first, for the first, uh, first year of Get Down, it was very nice. It was very fun. Much more chill, I heard too. So, yeah, they could. I I think they could have sold a few more tickets, like just from seeing like the people that were out there. But I think staff wise, you know, you they right. probably have a pretty good handle on what they could handle, which is very cool. You know, would like to see a few more local people there. You know, they had some of the hype breweries from Iowa, but like maybe get some of the staples out there. Or, I don't know, have like a. As they continue to grow, I'm sure they'll they'll find that good line on it because they did have a lot of cool breweries that like I don't think a lot of people have right. got to try up here. You know, 
so that was really awesome. Um, and then, of course, got to shout out the Beer Bash because yeah. that's like a, a slight rebrand on what they were doing beforehand because, as we've talked about, Millstream has a new ownership. Yeah. They're reinvigorating the brand. They're doing a good job. Great job. Um, and so I am excited for that to continue to expand. I just like to see Iowa festivals get yeah. even bigger because that's just more exposure for everybody to yeah. more brands. And Capco will be at every single one we're invited to. Sure, yeah. Like, I want to shout out... Um, Brews on the beach up in Clear Lake. Oh, I that think. looked like a good time. Yeah, and then um, uh, I don't know if they have as as big as it was, but uh, Corks and Caps in Ankeny was a wine and beer one for a long time. Oh, and uh, that's one of the first ones I went to because I know, I don't know it's not everybody likes beer, so it's cool to have wine and beer in the yeah, same place for sure up in Ankeny. I haven't been to that one since literally like probably 2016. So shout out to that too and any other fests guys if we didn't mention it leave us a comment and uh, tell us what festivals we should go to and why you think that that's the best festival yeah do that and rate us five stars yeah rate us five stars on every single platform this isn't the end of the podcast but this is remember just like just a quick plug but uh robbie i hope that answers your question um you know uh here's a hack for you um ask man I'll let you pour. <laughs> Don't here's, ask me. Here's the, here's the, here's the, not the rub. Here's the, here's a secret. Robbie is my cousin. So <laughs> he's, he's welcome anytime. Unless he's my cousin. He's a great guy. Great guy. You can be my cousin if you want to, Robbie. About to have a kid. Just bought a beautiful house with his wife. Congratulations. Second house. They're way oh. ahead of me life-wise. I'm struggling with my first one. I mean, hey. I'm struggling. I have it. It's fine. I got chickens. We've talked about that. Good job, Robbie. Woo, Robbie. Um, are we ready for the seller challenge? Yeah, let's get into the seller challenge. I think we are. Seller challenge. So we got a new one this week. Last time James brought a delicious Lua beer. This time Nathan has brought us the old beer for the seller challenge. We told him not to tell us too much about it besides the name and where it was from. Uh, but then he told us everything about it. No, he didn't. I saw the name and he told us where it was from, and that's all we've known about so far. Oh, it looks thick. It looks thick. Nice head head retention on it too. Damn, that she's thick. Said, she thick. Head looks great. Uh, for audio listeners, it's a stout. Um, a nice brown, thick, foamy. Tell head. us about this, Nathan. All right, this is you can have the crown from Fair State Brewing up in uh, the Twin Cities. It is Imperial Stout. Period. No barrel. No adjuncts, just big old nasty imperial stout. It and oh, it does say it includes wheat. <laughs> it does say that. Okay, sorry, I didn't know. God wheat. forbid it has I didn't adjuncts. Know, I didn't know wheat was an adjunct. <laughs> it is, it is, but I mean, a lot of them do have it. It's not that unusual. It's probably just for people that are gluten. Yeah. If they're having it's beer, everybody. I was gonna say, if you're gluten sensitive, don't drink don't it. Drink <laughs> Even with the bar, don't drink most beer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the first beer. time I had this, uh, my mind was just blown, um, just because I like, I love thick pastry stouts. I love thick barrel aged stouts, but this is just a really thick, unadjunct and unaged stout. Um, and I bought a couple bottle, a couple cans of it when I would see it. I would pick it up, and then a couple months ago. Well, a few weeks ago, actually, I saw it in a cart, a four pack in a cart at High V. 
discounted to like four dollars. Heck yeah! And I was like, I need to buy that immediately because the whole these four were, pack was the whole four dollars. They were like, we just got to sell it. <laughs> it's an imperial style. Holds up forever. I'm not going to complain. When I bought it before, a single can was eight dollars. Yeah, that that sounds more accurate. Eight to ten is what yeah. I would have assumed. So for I was a very, can. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. So I was From very fair happy. State? To, yeah, yeah, I was very happy to pick it up at the discount. Yeah, I four dollars for four. Yeah. It was on their dis- it was in their it was in their discount card. Even if a one singular can it was four dollars, it's only a twelve dollar four pack of Imperial Stout. That's cheap. <laughs> That's insane. It's incredible. And uh smell it right away, got nice chocolate, tobacco, uh raisin sort of thing going on. Yeah. I had a bit of berry too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a heavier berry. It definitely smells sweet. And I mean that's not unusual for these things. I mean, as even if it's just a regular barely stout now, they're finishing sweeter. And sweeter as we go, even unadjuncted, adjuncted, yeah. you know. So they're still finishing sweeter. It's definitely as thick, has more carbonation than I'm used to drinking some of these with. A touch of a, uh, you know, caramels. Sorry, I gotta wave it. I'm it's regulars, baby. It's oh, regulars. The green room has a, a window straight to the parking lot, and I keep waving at people. <laughs> I definitely do get dark fruit on the nose. I haven't sipped it yet. I have sipped it. It's a, it's nice. It's thick. It's got a good amount of carbonation on it. How much special um, B do you think is in here? A healthy dose, actually, because I, I get a lot of, like I said, raisin and that dark fruit mm-hmm. and plum, but a lot of that can come from yeast characteristics, too. What's special B? It's a specialty grain. Okay. If you want yeah. me to crinkle some bags, I can hand you some grain. Yeah. Is it? Is there some over there? Yeah, I've got some right here. Have him chew on some. All right, give it to me. Put it in my mouth. Everyone. Sh- <laughs> everyone. Everyone. This is this is not technically special B. Is it 120? This is C120, which is a replacement for special B. If you don't have the name brand, this is a bit lighter than actual special B is, but the bag of special B is underneath it and not mm. open. I just which I will a, be opening tomorrow for a brew day. Yeah, we just uh we just bought some special B for our winter ale. Bringing that back. So when you chew on this, though, you can get a lot of the similar flavors that are in these darker beers. It's a Crystal Malt 120 Lava Bun. Special B is a proprietary one mm. uh, for a few different brands. Um, yep. But a lot of that dark, raisiny, uh, grape nut sort of flavor, like a, mm-hmm. the cereal grape nuts. Mm. Um, Mutton calls it 240. 240? Yeah, they double all their stuff. Oh, interesting. So if you is want it 120. 240 Lava Bond, or is it 120 Lava Bond, and they just call it... No, it's 120, Crystal. but they call it 240. Interesting. So I've got uh, Dingman's actual special B underneath that. This is yeah. uh, Breeze's 120. Yep. Depends on what you can order from brands at a certain time. You know, you can't always... Depending on when you, and how you're ordering, if you want... And it depends on the beer you're making, too. If you want specifically special B, like we need for tomorrow... Yeah. I brought an actual special B for tomorrow. Yeah, smart. I'm, oh, there is special B in that stout, isn't there? Yeah. A friend asked me, he's like, how much special bees in that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm sure there is some, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I it's fallen out of fashion. I don't know why we're talking about special bee right now. It's getting <laughs> into the weeds a little bit. And special bee is not super popular amongst everybody, but I am a big fan of special bee. Lucas seems to be a big fan, too. He's also a big fan. Would you guys put it in your barley wine? We probably will put it in our barley wine. You're not just going to do like Maris and let it go? Just Maris Otter and just have a pale barley wine. You got to have some color in that bad boy. What do you mean? You let it boil. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to boil for seven hours. Why? For a barley wine? Yeah. Oh, man. Barley wine doesn't need to be that thick. Not the the color, though. 
Oh, uh, so our kettle and our boiler, it's never going to get uh, rigorous enough to um, actually create that action. How like much do you trust it. your boiler? Not. <laughs> Does that solve that question for you? It takes so let's just talk about how undersized my boiler is and how long it takes to get to a boil. So at the end of knockout or at the end of uh, runoff to get to a boil takes about an hour just to get to a decent boil. Once it's boiling, though, it's not the craziest strong boil ever. That's why you let it cycles go. between. I, I even then I don't think the boil would be strong enough to create the Maillard reaction. Steam already has an issue with it, right? Steam versus direct fire. Sometimes I wish I direct fire to actually get better Maillard reaction and stuff. The the when I did my barley wine, it was twelve and a half hours. Twelve and a half hour boil? Yes. Oh my god. Well, if if you time it right, you start it at like I can't. I think I would. I wouldn't be able to leave. Um, start at like seven p.m. Come in at one. Do your mashes I'm and not, stuff. I've already set the the fire alarms off once at flicks, and had to have a whole mess of people evacuated from the theaters because I accidentally set off the fire alarm with just steam coming at the windows. <laughs> I am not leaving my boiler overnight for these terrible fire alarms to go off in a mall. <laughs> I'm not kicking people out of a theater. Like If I'm not here... Barley wine is worth it. I agree. Barley wine is absolutely worth staying around for a decently long boil, but not that long. It's still going to be a great beer. Do you like? And also, it needs some of the extra flavors, I think, without having that boil. I... Just a pale, and that's fine. It's not pale, though. By the time it's done, it's like a deep Sorry, I'm amber. Sorry, if you only use like pale, like base malt, right? Yeah. I mean, Maris Otter of a base malt has a bit more color than a lot of other ones, uh, just because of how it's made. But just Cut it cut it in half, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. Do like a four-hour boil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, throw some Special B in there. Throw some I'm, caramel I'm special. I don't know about a ton of other caramel malts, but Special B probably. Special B... If I'm doing an English Maris, boy, if I'm doing an English boy, there's gonna be special B in there. Do that, mm-hmm. but give it, give it some, give it some gusto, baby. Let it, <laughs> let it go. I'll let you go. I'll we'll update everybody else when I do this beer in December. Uh, it's gonna be called Ancient Man. You guys uh, are doing a barley yeah, wine. Yeah, we're doing a barley wine, English barley wine in December. Dude, tag me in. I Actually, will watch. I will watch. Hey, the James, boil can you come you. to Flix and do the uh, the the midnight to one a.m. shift on this boil, please? The midnight to dude, I'll do the midnight to five a.m. Okay, I'll let that fucker boil. You can beep that out. I don't know if we should say that <laughs> word or not. I think it's fine. I think it's probably fine, dude. I will watch it. Okay, you heard it here, guys. He's gonna watch the boil for us. I will. I'll bring a cot in. I'll Hold bring my switch it. in. I've slept in this room before, multiple times during boils. No, it's overnight when I used to be behind the bar and down here. Oh, yeah. What do you plan on Switch during boils? What would I plan Switch? I'd probably be like Mario, something I could just like chill if with. It's December, it could be Pokemon. Yeah, it's you're right. Violet, Pokemon, yeah. That's coming out. I'm going to, I need to sell. Sell off Arceus. <sighs> I never is, finished it either. It's a nerdy podcast. Holy <laughs> it crap. Is. You know what? Talking about special B and barley wine specifics. Yeah. And now I'm talking about Pokemon. Brewers are nerds, guys. <laughs> it's okay. Um, that's okay. It's Anyways, time. this beer. This beer is wonderful. I need to sip on it. Let me sip on it. I've yeah. been talking. So, uh, listeners, before the we started recording, Jack and James were like, we haven't really argued about anything. And you guys got a little taste of that. I don't know if it was definitely not a full argument, but their uh, no, I mean, methodologies I, to barley wine got a little heated. And it was I mean, nice. I agree with them fun. for letting things boil along. <laughs> I just can't hear the boils are you terrible. You don't want to, but you could. I could. I could absolutely do it. 
You ju- you heard it here first, listeners. Well, with you <laughs> doing it, apparently do it. I am going to do it. I will come in. I will tag team in. What do you think the ideal original gravity of barley wine, uh, English style like barley wine? Post boil? Yeah. Anything over 28. For just English style? That's over the style guidelines for barley wine. We're talking about modern barley wine here. Big Chef started at uh, 30, I think. What did it finish at? Um, 10.32. I bet we could call up Confluence right now and, and ask them the specifics about the rye wine that they're doing with uh, Lua and, uh, and Lion, Bridge. Lion Bridge for their anniversary that comes up next week. And I'd be, I'd be curious to see what their starting and finishing gravities were on theirs. Because I got to try some of it, and I can't imagine it was over 30. To start. You don't think so? How I, big is this thing? It's pretty big. I think I think that on the can it says 11%, 11 or 12%. I guarantee you they threw some of that into barrels. Oh, I hope they did. I honestly hope they did. It tasted amazing when I got to try the unfinished amount. Spicy? So, it, oh, it was perfect. It, it, the rye was great. It tasted like um, like not, like a sweet like rye banana bread, so like a peppery sort of mm. banana bread thing going on. It was yeah. it was wonderful. It also had great color. I mean, rye wine, obviously, is going to be darker anyway. So. Yeah. So it's um, a bit unfair of me to try to compare an English barley wine to a rye wine, but... Barley wines that I have talked to other people with have started quite high. They finish quite high. We're talking about modern barley wine. And let me tell you the last time I made a barley wine. It Never. 2018. What was it? What was it called? Uh, What's it all about? Oof. It was a, it, it was a casks? national seasonal, and I remember Mike and I not being super thrilled about the recipe, but it ended up being really good. It was um, it was an English barley wine that we put into barrels. It was something gentleman, I think, and I don't remember like mm. specifically what the name was, but it I think it started at twenty five, twenty five play doh, but it finished very dry. Uh, it was um, six, six, six or five play doh. It was it was very dry. I I wouldn't want it to finish that dry now. Um, but it, it was, it was wonderful and it went into barrels too. And when it came out, it was, it was it, phenomenal. It finished how? Five or six. That's, that would be drier than I would want one now. But I guess, I guess then if that's what you're saying though, if I go higher and finish higher, yeah, yeah, I could see what you're saying. I think also alcohol content counts because like I was saying that barley wine that finished at 1032, it's been in barrels for just over 13 months now and it is coming into its own. Quite I nicely. don't, that's another thing. These big thick boys, I get so impatient. I'm like, I don't want to. I'm like, I want to taste it now. I want it to come out now. So the thicker they are, the longer it takes to barrel age these. Well, guys. good luck with Cosmic Bear, okay? Because that we're not seeing that till next like June. <laughs> I'm okay with that. And you're talking about Hatchet. <laughs> Gary Paulson presents Hatchet. That's right. Cosmic Bear was the naked version, which is still very fun. Beer. With Star Crunch and uh, whatever else we put into it, marshmallows. Yeah. Um. That's. Is is that the seller challenge? Well, have we been challenged? Wine. Look what you did to us, Nathan. I mean, do you have more? It was yelling at barley wine <laughs> about barley wine. We can talk it's about barley wine all day. Beer that we were drinking. No, it's not. I mean, do you have do you have thoughts? You said you need to sip on it. Give give a give it's a. Need to come back to it. There's some good dark chocolate. There's quite a bit of that dark fruit, um, kind of uh, heavy bread thing going on. Um, that's pretty good. There is a good amount of carb. I agree yeah. with Jack on that. That it is almost a surprising amount as well. It, I think it is more than I thought it was going to have when I saw the head on, and I was like, "Oh, it's because a lot of people are not carving them as highly now." Um, yeah, and that's would, fine, and I'm okay with that. It seems people are shooting for yeah. like 
this isn't going to mean shit to some of people, but I think, you know, I shoot personally for like two to 2.2 volumes. Like it's not a very, it's not a very carbonated style. I think I was telling John from Confluence that, and I think they shoot for higher. What do you think think um, this is? Three? This? Yeah. I wouldn't say three, but I bet it's like. (laughs) That was a joke. Oh, I was like, oh, wow, this isn't a Hefeweizen or anything. Yeah. This is probably like 2.5 or something, 2.6. You think it's 2.5 or 2.6? We can't even carve things that much here. Um, but I mean, they're off. canning this. It might it might have been different in the tap room. That's or true. They might be set up for that because like, yeah, we had one. We try to hit, we try to get our loggers as close as possible to like 2.5. Yeah. So I think that's where they start to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I bet this is probably this like 2.4 or 2.3. It's 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 quite it is a good amount of carbonation for sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. To me, to my palate, like in all of sort of all of these areas, it's to me really balanced. So like, I, I don't know. I feel like to what I like in a beer, it's it's thick, but it's not too thick. Like it's got a little bit of carb, but it's not too. Car- I mean, I like clearly big, crazy, high ABV stouts that are like yeah, we're aware of your because of your you know. <laughs> Topping Goliath beer on your Mount Rushmore last time, <laughs> but I don't know. Like the carbonation didn't really didn't really throw me off on this. Like I really, if you know. compare it to the, like the Lua one we had uh, last time, Requiem was that what yeah. it was called? Requiem? Yeah. Uh, compare the carbs on that in your in your mind. Um, you know, if you can think back, I know that one was adjuncted though. So if you try to take that out from it and you just think about like the carb levels on it, do you so, like it when it has I don't more know. So carb? So this is definitely like more carbonated carb? than what I've. This is more car. I feel like this is definitely more car because you guys drawing attention to it. Oh, I'm sure. now aware of it. You know, um, when I listen, when I drank it by myself, anytime I had it before, I don't think I noticed the carbonation levels. But now that I'm noticing it, I'm not turned off by it. Like I still, I don't know. I still really sure. enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's a really good beer. Good job fair state i guess i'll have to find some for myself i I, i'm a big fan of non-adjuncted big imperial stouts so i'm really digging it and i'm still i'm still coming up on the times and that's fine imperial style used to be one of my favorite styles and the way they're coming out now it's become less of like not as much of one of my favorite styles just because they're getting sweeter and sweeter and my taste buds change you know so I'm moving into other stuff because I'll just do yeah. a regular porter and stout yeah. that are getting thicker as well, right? So, so, so your imperial, like your ideal, I know you said you're catching up to it, but like your ideal imperials, would they have been like Started, Old Rasputin, uh, I Darkness? I love Old Rasputin. Darkness, uh, like, non-barrel-aged, or barrel-aged darkness is also very good. Darkness is intense, and it's also incredibly hoppy. Um, If you've you know? had uh, the original fairies, Ferryman's from Confluence, mm-hmm. um, really like that, and that's got coffee uh in it right i believe the base version of it still has coffee and i don't remember um but like i would like them to start lower gravity and end lower gravity just because <sighs> i could drink more of them maybe that's part of it too is like i had no problem drinking a 14 ounce glass well mm. if i had 14 ounces of this it would last longer and maybe that's not such a bad thing oh yeah when i i had a i mean i had a four pack of this so i had three other well, oh. I shared a can. I had two I other cans to, myself at home. I would have to home. share this can as yeah. one of my other issues with it. Yeah. So, this is a good beer. But it is not an example of a naked stout that I would be attracted mm. to. You want them to be sweeter? I want it to be more chocolatey. Mm-hmm. It's not very chocolate forward. 
What? Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, it has like a tobacco and raisin thing going on that mm-hmm. I really enjoy. Yeah, which like, I don't really like that. I do like adjuncted sounds and stuff like that. Yeah. And I do like them sweeter. It's pretty, and to me, it's pretty roasty. I don't know if I'm <sighs> pulling that out of my it butt. It does. Or- yeah, I don't mind roast. That's oh, yeah. fine too. Which that... everyone's moving away from as well. They want them to be less roasty, yeah, more chocolatey, sure. for sure. Less uh, coffee, more sure, more, like uh, baker's chocolate sort of. Thing. There's a different sort of balance that I would like in this. It's still very good beer, and I enjoy it. It's very yummy. I would not have bought it for four dollars. You wouldn't have bought this. Oh no, I would have. Yeah, I was going to say I would. If you turned, <laughs> but I mean, this if I was at if I was at a craft beer bar, oh, that's I would. Not, if they're just like this is a naked half from Fairside, I'd be like, well, you know, what has vanilla and cacao nibs or something in it? Like yeah, I want, see, that's like, not me. I, I would rather have this over that over the adjuncted one. But also, I'll be completely honest. Speak your truth. Slapping his chest because the truth is hard. Yeah, the truth is hard. Um, I, I, you know, I don't really buy a lot of stout when I'm out and about. You know, I mean, do either of you buy that much beer? It depends. You just like drink at work and get it from your friends for free. No, I'm so bored of. <laughs> yeah, I'm that's so the bored of my I'm very beer. bored of my own work beer. Is like I, I'll maybe have a shift pint twice a week. I don't maybe like I'll probably have like I'll probably, I'll, I'll always have like a shifty or two. If I'm like, you know, if we're like hanging out, you know, like, yeah, if I'm hanging out, that's fine. But if it's if it's 530 and I've been here all day and I'm sweating, I'm like, I'm yeah, leaving. Yeah. I'm just I am leaving. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go home. Yeah. Um, And when I get home, I might just have like a dram of bourbon or something. Like yeah. I'm not going to I don't want to drink a beer. Um, But to get back to the stout, not to like lead us down another little trail here, but. It's good. It's tasty. It's surprising. And it's restraint. Mm-hmm. You know they could have went ham on this. They I think been like, yeah, let's throw some more. There is an adjuncted version of it out there too. You know what I mean? I hope some of it made into barrels. I think some aging on this would help. I think it would um, tamper down the body a little bit. I think some oxidation would go well with this. Microlox. I think some, you know, some like nice barrel characteristics would help it. You know, I said I would like some more vanilla in there. Some so from the barrel, from the you barrel, know, you'd get, get some of that. that yeah. Yeah, yeah, so a little this, bit more caramel too. Out out of a, uh, I would say this is this is uh, it's good. Yeah, and I I have no idea, but I imagine like if this is, if this is their base for their other adjuncts and barrels, like that's a those are some special beers. <laughs> this <laughs> if this is the base for all of those other things. This uh, this beer doesn't scream to me as a, if it, it seems like th- their intent. I, I I think attention is a lot of it. Okay, it's, yeah. I think that their intent is for this to be. More of a, a traditional beer. Yeah, yeah. I sure. feel like the intent is very purposefully this. Well, I think Fair State does make other bigger, sweeter beers. I think that they do like their intent was very much specifically to make this beer. And I applaud the effort to actually try like because everyone nowadays is like, I'm going to split part of this into this. And then, yeah, you know what I mean? Like part of this is going to barrels. So there's a barrel age version. And the other part is getting adjuncts. So if this didn't go into barrels and their intent was just to make this tasty, you know, quote unquote yeah. simple, like naked Imperial stout, I think it's very well done for same. my taste. Yeah, same. Yeah. So for my taste of Imperial stout, a little too sweet for me. So I'm still on the good, great side on that. But, I, I you know, it, but it's all talking about drinking it at home. It's a lot based off the season. Right. Yeah. Speaking of like drinking weather and drinking beers in certain different temperatures maybe we should yeah. move on to this week's mount rushmore of beer 
Let's go. Oh, that was the wrong button. That was that was a great. They're cheering us on as we talk about this because they're going to be either very happy or very angry. Maybe Nathan, would you like to introduce this year, this week's topic for Mount Rushmore of beers? Yeah. So this mush this mushroom. this Mount Rushmore is the Mount Rushmore of fall beers. Yes, tis Let's the season. It. Tis the season. It's it's getting colder. The leaves are falling. Mm-hmm. When this comes out, it's probably gonna be even colder. Yeah, but it, like we're moving into that time of year, right, where the weather starts getting colder and stuff. And you know, you you always have different beers that you like drinking temperature wise. The beers you drink in the middle of summer different than the beers you drink in fall. Different than deep winter. But fall and winter are gonna have some a little bit of overlap for me. For mine specifically, a little bit of overlap. Uh, we've already talked about a couple of them. Uh, I can. I might as well go first since I'm already chatting up a storm. Uh, should we go one by one by one this time? I know we did all, f- all, uh, all yeah, of them. Yeah, let's do one once. by one. Yeah, uh, everyone do one at a time. Okay. So, yeah, we're you know we're young in the Morlock battle, young. so we're 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 goofing. We're working goofing. out we're our format. I, I think maybe it creates more discussion if we go one by one by one because then it lets it breathe more. Just let let it breathe, let it stretch, and you can't talk about fall in the beginning of fall in the harvest season, in my opinion without talking about Oktoberfest. And if you talk about Oktoberfest specifically, I would like to put Marsons up on my, uh, for number one. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So like it's, it's moving in, it's maltier, it's still lighter and ABV weather's getting colder. So I'm moving away from just lagers and hazy IPAs constantly. I mean, I still drink those during the fall too, but there's something just a bit more comforting as the weather changes as you're what you're putting on the grill changes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just something really comforting about uh, Oktoberfest. And when I say that, just put in the word Martin for me, because there's plenty of other different Oktoberfest styles of beer. But of you like, want it. You want you're talking about Maritzen here. Maritzen. Yeah, it's I mean, and originally, you know, similar ish weather, right? Because like March, right? Also cold sometimes and stuff, too. Uh-huh. And it's just like I just think it's it has a nice caramel backbone to get fall started. So mine are in a weird order too, where Mine are going to go like deeper into fall when you get closer to winter. So I want at the start of fall and we're moving into that season. I like having more amber color and more darker color and a little bit more warming beers. So Marzen is my first one on mine. Okay. That's also that's on mine as well. Okay. So I don't need to discuss it anymore. Well, do you have any thoughts about it besides anything I just said? No, I think Marzen is when fall starts. Yeah. So it's a great way to start the season. You know, celebration. We have like we got a celebration around it. You know, it's very nostalgic and traditional. I love going around and tasting everybody's interpretation of it. I love buying like the Eyinger, you know, any of the other German breweries that do not come to mind right now. (laughs) But you know what I'm talking about? Like going to Hessen. Yeah, Spaten for sure. Um, Hoffrau. Um, you know, any of that stuff. Stiegel. Probably yeah. makes one. I don't know. I bet they do. do which, if you're, if all the old school ones, like the old world ones, do you have a favorite of those? Because mine would be the Hofbrau one, the Hofbrau, and I, it, it, and I think theirs is probably my favorite. The old school traditional ones. Mm-hmm. I think Iringer's good. Hofbrau probably does it better. Um, I'm so used to Iowa ones. Like I really, I really like five one fives. Yeah, Harvestivus. Yeah. I think Lua has a killer. Uh, Oliver's Oktoberfest. An incredible Marzen from Marto. Yeah, is that Martoberfest? Martoberfest, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've had good. that one. Um, Confluences oh, is really good. Confluences is straight up slapping. 
Dimensional is a good one. I think it's it's a it's a it's a very good beer to experience like experiment and like the slightest just moving sliders just slightly. Right. And just, you know, if you're adding, you know, is your base more Vienna, you know, or or does it have special B in it for some reason like this, mine does? Yeah, I, we don't need to talk about flakes. Um <laughs> I have opinions on that one. I also have opinions on that one. It drank well, but I I don't know what I call it an amber maybe. Honey mole is interesting. Yeah. Um it's very cool. It's a gray. It's like it's because it's like built in that like everyone brews one. Yep. And then so you're like, oh, that's cool. Instead of having to like not having to, but like, you know, you're going to try everyone's IPA eventually or, you know, lager, whatever. Yeah. But like everyone releases them in like the same like month. Seems and earlier you, and earlier every single year. It is. <laughs> Sam Adams, I'm pretty sure next year is going to release it in May. It's like pumpkin spice lattes when they start coming out. Yeah. <laughs> but it's I, I just enjoy it. Thoughts, Nathan, on the yeah. So I kind of went uh, about this. I chose a style, and then I chose uh, an Iowa beer that matched that style. Oh, okay. As, so as I was Marson was at the top oh, of my yeah. list, Woo. and what I chose was Lion Bridges Octo Octobot three thousand. Is that the barrel aged one? That is the barrel aged version. Yes, and it was a, yeah. I Sorry. had no. I was just gonna say I had a really cool experience getting to try it. Uh, back when I lived in Cedar Rapids, I always loved their barrel-aged January. They have a big mm. a big event for the entire month of January. They it's, got programming going on throughout the it's week. It's like one a week, right? Every Friday, they released a barrel-aged beer. Um, and one of their Octobot 3000 was, I don't know, when I was there, like the second, I think it was like the second or third week they released it. And I was just so impressed. I mean, they had like the Octobot that released, which is their non-barrel-aged Marzen, that released, you know, in the fall. But then... In January, getting to try, getting to have a Marzen again, which is, was a pretty fun, uh, pretty fun experience. I think the first time I had it was actually at a little giant, and it was Octobot yeah. 3000. I remember nice. being going, "Oh, a barrel aged one? Oh, yeah. I am in. I'm because I'm like, that's not typically a style you'd think I'm going to put this in a barrel. Yeah, but it turned out so mm-hmm. good. Talking about the vanilla aspect that barrels can give, the caramel aspect that barrels can give, just elevated it. I, I don't know, and then like. You just get so much barrel character because the base style is like very mild in its thing. It doesn't have much to overcome. And you get so much yeah. good barrel character. Yeah. And it works so well with barrel character. Yeah, exactly. So you're you're making a pretty fun beer there. Oh yeah. I really enjoy it. So that's a great suggestion there, Nathan. A great example, not suggestion. Suggestion yeah. for people to go drink. It's out right now. You can still find it on store shelves right now. You can find it at the yeah. 42nd Street High V in Des Moines. Shout out. I know it's there. Shout out! They're not paying us, but you should go. <laughs> they find would. It. I wish they would. High V. Well, maybe not. <laughs> no, I don't want their money. I have a Brewers Guild though. Sporting yeah. us all the way. All right, I'm up next. Wait, how are we gonna do this exactly? What do you mean? We're going around one at a time. Do you want to start this one? We can have other people start that round. So we're well, not so all we saying talked, the same things. So Oktoberfest was on my list. It was on my yeah. list too. Yeah. So we talked about it, <clears> and totally. I had a Marzen on my list. Yeah. yeah. So we're each gonna introduce another beer until. All of us have all of the ones that we would have had on our. Because yeah. if okay. it's all the same, we just talk about that style and why we put okay, it on Okay, perfect. There. Okay, yeah. fine. Okay. I'm up next. And now the next one, I'm putting up there, not necessarily because it's for me, and that's fine. And I think maybe people, other people saw it coming. I'm going to put up pumpkin beers. Okay, that was I, also on my list I again. think it needs to be there, 
and a lot of people make them. I didn't make one this year. I normally do make one. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. It's always sold well uh, here. Um, last time I made it was called It's the Great Pumpkin Ale. Um, okay. Previous to that, um, when Mike made it, it was Ichabod's Revenge. Um, Solid. And I'm a big f- I like them enough, and I can have one or two of them. I like it better, though, when they aren't just pumpkin spice flavored, but they actually have some actual pumpkin flavor. Yeah, some it's, gourd. Yeah, it's kind of like the difference between... And this is very Midwestern caribou's pumpkin flavored things versus Starbucks's. Yeah. Where I like both of those. And honestly, I like those better because of like it's coffee infused in it. That's yeah. why I like pumpkin stouts better than I like regular pumpkin ales because I yeah. think a stout is a better base for pumpkin flavor. Agreed. But caribou has actual pumpkin flavor in their stuff and a little bit of spice where Starbucks is literally just it's spice. pumpkin spice flavors. And yeah. I think that's why like not all beers are created the same. Um, I think it's Wasatch has a pumpkin stout that's actually pretty good. Um, theirs is because theirs is like pumpkin and chocolate. Yes. And I think that that combo elevates it slightly. And now I'm not in love with all of these, but I'll have one or two a year and I'll be like, that's enough for me. Or there's a pumpkin spiced version of uh, Great Divides Yeti. Yes. Because there's a version of um, everything for the Yeti. Yes, but I mean, that specifically for pumpkin flavor, I think is up there for me. But also, once again, we just had an Imperial Stout, right? That one finishes way drier and is way more bitter and yeah. is more of what my traditional like imperial stout is. Sure. And it's a much better backbone for pumpkin flavor other than a ton of pumpkin ambers. But for me on mine, it's, I'm just saying umbrella pumpkin, pumpkin yeah. beer. I agree with you. I think pumpkin beers can be fun. <laughs> I like to see them on tap lists. I'm like you. I have like one or two. Um, Grace, my wife, loves pumpkin like PSL. I love uh, pumpkin. I love pumpkin spice latte too. I'm a sucker. I'm a basic yeah. boy. They're fun. They're mm-hmm. awesome. I think the spices work really well. I mean, we did last year. We did. Um, uh, we had a pastry stout series, mm-hmm. and we did pump, uh, pumpkin pie, and it was super cool. It was fun. People loved it. You know, we did a little bit of bottle release. People like that stuff. Um, we drank a good amount of it. You know, you gotta you gotta make sure it tastes good. I think it's just fun for other people too. Cause it's not always about what we want to make and what we want to do. It's just, it's a fall flavor and I think yeah. it belongs up there on like, it's not for us, right? No, it's but for it's, everybody else that loves that. Yeah. And it's the most tangible, right? Like this very much screams at you. Fall is coming. Like it's like, yeah, Starbucks is bringing it out. All the coffee shops are bringing out everything at target becomes brown, you know, orange, yellow, cream, must, I guess, must. Yeah. All that stuff. I mean, look at my Gooby. You know, I'm rocking a mustard Goobalini right now. I love it. Um, so that's what's fun about it. It's also just like uh, it has a huge like latitude. Like you can like like um, when I was home brewing, I made one that was a brown ale that mm. was really popular. Uh, like I just said, I did it with a pastry stout at Cab Co. You were saying, you know, Wasatch did it with like. Uh, I think there's this porter, right? Or is it a stout? I don't remember, but it's, it's very much a darker beer, right? right? Where it has more like those chocolatey notes. They might even put like cacao nib or in there, or whatever. It wouldn't like, surprise me. It's very chocolatey. Yeah, so you're just like throwing that stuff in there. So it like, and you can even do like a you know like a pumpkin spice Blondale, like you know done well. That would be fun too. So any of that stuff, I'm all for it. I, I know that um, has Ellie just did. I think they're and they've done in the past a like uh, the smoothie sour series. They've done a like. Uh, pumpkin bar version of that in the past and that 
you know, oh, that's that intriguing. Wild. And that's intriguing to me. It's sure. like a pumpkin bar version of that. Uh-huh. And once again, too sweet for me. Maybe I can have three ounces of it. But if, I, if the experience is drinking a pumpkin bar, you know, that's good. But um, Iowa specifically, if we're talking about pumpkin beers, I listed a couple of ones I've made in the past. But um, Basic Batch from Confluence, I think, yeah. is a good example because they don't they use pump actual pumpkin in the mash and they use pumpkin uh like not as a dry hot not quite as a dry hot but a little bit closer to the end of fermentation mm-hmm. and with the spices they basically make up whip up the puree with the pumpkin spice sure so basically pumpkin pie filling yeah without the sugar and they put that in towards the mm. tail end of fermentation Heck yeah so it's more of a natural pumpkin flavor tasty anything with yeah. thoughts on pumpkin beer yeah, so that was not on my list at all because I I definitely went more what? for what I like. Sure. So uh, That's why in, it's different. We're all yeah. on different lists. So in uh, in this next slot for me, I picked a Scottish ale. Okay. And I picked Gray's Lake Nessie. Ooh, confluence. That, yes. uh, That's great. great. That's a great, great Scottish ale. Yeah. So I was just thinking like, what do I want for fall flavors? Like thinking through the styles, thinking through that. So Gray's Lake Nessie is number two for me. Are you secretly? A sixty-something-year-old, because I've been told once <laughs> that hazelnut is a Gen X. Like, if you prefer the flavor of hazelnut, you might be Gen X. Really? Yeah, like it's a thing. Like, <laughs> every a lot of stuff. Anecdotally, it was hazelnut flavor. Like, think about like think about all the other hazelnut flavored things, like coffees and stuff. So before I got what like else? into coffee, legit hazelnut creamer was like my only creamer I would put in coffee. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the big one. I think that's. <laughs> I, I love think that's hazelnut. That, I think that's where that trope comes from. No offense, anybody. I mean, who doesn't love Nutella, I just think dude? It's a trope. Yeah, Nutella's dope. We're we're the NBA is literally about to do a hazelnut stout. <laughs> I love hazelnut flavor too. Don't get me wrong. I might see. I mean, look at me. I might look like I'm 60 right now. <laughs> the the hazelnut Nessie though is like top tier. I love it, that beer. They use Friedrich's uh, hazelnut flavored mm. coffee for it too, nice. right? Probably. I think so. Yep, yep. and they. Uh, yeah, that's that's a great beer. I love that beer. Yeah, um, I I you know no offense, Confluence. I like it better than the OG. You I'm like the sure hazelnut version better than just regular Nessie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've told Josh and John that. Oh, but if I haven't and they're listening, guys, sorry. That's that's my preference. I think I think it's awesome. You throw coffee on most things, and I'm like, coffee cake. So okay, I'm into yeah. it. I think the hazelnut like. Has like a because often I think it was thought of as like a coffee creamer. It comes with a sense of warming to it, and I don't yeah. know if it's because of the coffee or anything else. Like maybe the nut flavor comes off as like a warming sensation or more. I think hazelnuts too. You know they got that like buttery kind of thing going on. Yeah, so it's kind of warming and filling. Like because mm. it's getting colder. That's definitely a good draw on like that. It's rounder. Yeah, especially with the hazelnut coffee yeah. flavor too. Like mm. very warming. Yeah. Next next one next style. Next one. This is where I start going off the the deep end. It's getting colder, right? I started at the beginning of fall. I moved into the pumpkin spice season. Now it's like it's middle of November, starting to get in December. Because let's not forget, actual winter doesn't start until like December twentieth. So, <laughs> wow. So we got a lot of cold weather to get through. You know what I'm saying? And now this is when I move in. And the glasses get smaller as the mm-hmm. weather gets mm-hmm. colder because mm-hmm. these beers get bigger and bigger and bigger. And They're I'm, warming. Yes, and that's why I'm going to go with barley wine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, let's go. And, and it, I mean, I don't know exactly when they come out or anything like that. but um, Anytime. 
No, I meant like Iowa specific. Uh, Barley Life uh, from Com- God. Why I- Confluence just puts out so many beers. It's so easy to just <laughs> they do. an example. Uh, <laughs> they have a good them. calendar. But even uh, Great uh, uh, Sierra Nevada, I believe, puts out Bigfoot in the fall uh, for their barley wines too. It's just like, yeah, man, there's something nice and warming about drinking. Like it's now 45 degrees constantly every single day, and the leaves are mm-hmm. falling. And I got to rake leaves all afternoon, mm-hmm. and I'm coming back inside. And what am I putting in my glass? I'm gonna put something heavier, a little bit more warming, but not super intense into. It. I'm having like 10 ounces, and it's like not super. Some bil, some life. Yeah, it's whistle. And it's just so good. It just feels good and warming while not being mm. like punching my palate in the face with other yeah. flavors. You have like you're saying, you have eight, ten ounces. Your night's set. You're you're setting. You're you're putting up a bar and it's been set. And you're feeling good. After some barley wine? I love it. I didn't even consider that as a fall beer. Uh, yeah so i i know that and it's i not, love it i know that it's not exactly a fall beer per se but for me that's when i start drinking them i believe uh, there was one that our friend our friend aaron uh wherever he's working at in colorado Epic. Uh, gave me some of their barley wine oh a long time ago and um and this was right after the pandemic it was it was fall during the pandemic one of the two years and i just i finally cracked into i was like now is the time I cracked into it and it's just like it made me happy and felt made me feel very comfortable. And I, nice. I love that feeling. It's like putting on it made me feel like I'm putting on a sweater, you know, sweater weather of, of sorts. Nice jacket. A nice jacket. Yeah, exactly. It made me feel comforted. So, I, yeah, barley wine. What's your next one, sir? Well, I just this we've already dipped into it, but I just have flavored porter slash stout. Sure. So I'm into like clearly, you know, Cabco has peanut butter vibes. Um, we just talked about pumpkin spice stuff. You know, this is, we're just essentially getting into the season where everyone's doing darker beers. They're adjuncting them differently. Like we could even talk about grades like Nessie, you know, it's, it's essentially that stuff where they're, you're putting traditionally fall flavors in tasty traditional beers. And you're, you know, it's, we're coming to a new world amalgamation. That I love to see. The experimentation gets to go a little buck wild. And I'm here for it. And I love it. Yeah, sure. You know, this is when we... This is when Grace and I... Zach's Mexican Donuts came out last sure, weekend. Yeah. That's a fall beer. That's actually one I could have put down there. I uh, when, when you say that style, like, it comes to mind. Um, the Spice Must Flow from Lionbridge. Yeah. Yes, that beer is so good too. And something else. Um, yes. I don't remember if it's always been maple and cinnamon, but this year specific uh, for the last few years it has been. And that when you said like adjuncted, I mean it's they call it a black ale, right? So sure, not technically a you know stout, whatever so. it is. Just like with the fun flavors, you're essentially I'm essentially having an alcoholic like frappe, fall flavored frappe or coffee drink or hot chocolate, whatever. Sure, that's what I like. Like that is so fun to even even if I'm just having one. You know, you get home, it's cold, like you're saying, you know, the wind's been nipping on your your nose, your ears, you know, they're getting a little uh, burnt. You come inside, you're like, ooh, I'm so cold. You get out of everything, you get into a favorite sweater, it's cozy, you turn on the fireplace on Netflix, you crank the heat a little bit, you grab one of your puppies, your kibbies, any of your animals, 
you pour yourself off a nice flavored dark beverage and you sip on it right before, you know, maybe you're about to prepare dinner in an hour. Just a nice cap to the work day. When you say that, it also comes to mind like you're talking about putting on the Netflix fire, but I'm like, what about fall bonfires, you know? Because that screams oh. to me like we're having a bonfire. And this is like barley wine is not a beer I would have at a bonfire, you know? It's a little too much to be yeah. sitting around the fire. But what you're talking about is like the perfect, I'm yeah. sitting around the bonfire drinking type of beer. Yeah, they're usually fairly sessionable, you know? Like yeah. maybe they'll reach like the sevens, but like, okay, then I'll only have two. Right. But like, you know, if you're, you're like the grades like Nessie, I could probably take down a four pack on a Friday. It's a bonfire beer. Like exactly. Yeah. I, like fall also screams bonfires to me. And when you talked about those flavors and those things, like all I could imagine in my head was just, you know, a night with friends sitting around a fire. We got to do it. Uh, talking. We got to do a, we, where's Morloff the bon- hour with a fire. Hey, more the Morloff bonfire. <laughs> the bonfire. Yeah. It's good audio texture. So there's, that's, that's it. That's, that's my, uh, that's my, that's, that's the one. I have another one, but that's yeah, it. Yeah, well, I mean, I would hope so for a Mount yeah, Rushmore. There's, there's at least yeah. one more you have. Yeah. Yeah, so when you think of fall, you think of pumpkin patches. Yeah. You yeah. think of picking apples. Mm-hmm. Sure. You think of hot apple cider. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Uh-huh. You think of hard cider. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And my third one is Sutliff hard cider. Sutliff is an apple cidery. Mm-hmm. In Eastern Iowa near Cedar Rapids, it was one of the first. It was the first Iowa cider I had ever had. Oh, um, shortly after that, I had Wilson's Orchard okay. uh, Hard Cider. Jeffco. Uh, I, yeah, I think probably that would be would have been after Wilson's for me. Oh, okay, um, sure. So when I after I turned twenty one in college, I came to Cedar Rapids. Mm. So now, are was, you talking about a specific flavor of theirs or just in general? Because I know that Wilson's has a. Like fall spice. No, so I'm just talking cider. about Sutliff hard cider. It's their it's their flagship. It is incredibly dry, incredibly crisp, not really very sweet at all. Like it's really only sweet from the flavor of the apple. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very it's very nice. I rarely crave cider. I like to drink cider, but now I crave. Yeah, one. we talked about it a little bit earlier, and it's just like when you talk about fall, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's a what cider's upstairs right now. Uh, Fishback and Stevenson's First Crush, uh, which is the watermelon one. And then we have <sighs> Wilson Orchard's Old Blue, which is the blueberry cider. And then, Oh, shoot. Um, we had a third one before, but um, they're going a little hiatus right now. Sacrilegious, we had black and gold. Yeah, and for me with ciders, I tend to like ciders that are more just apple. Yeah, me too. When That's I have... was going to say, if there was a just a straight-up apple or spice one upstairs, I'd say let's pause and grab one. But... <laughs> That's okay. Another time, another yeah. time, another place, another story. Yeah, that's that's a good call. Like, I guess when I when we talked about fall beers, I was like, I didn't even put it like it wasn't even my realm because I was like beer yeah. specific. Because once again, I hardly ever think about the ciders. But then, yeah, my wife, we made. Uh, she was like, I'm going to the store, and she was like, Can you bring apple cider? And I found Wilson's Orchard's nice hard apple cider, and I got a couple cans of that because they were selling individuals. Like, absolutely. Yeah, the season. There's this one cidery I had where I had uh three three of theirs. One was their like semi dry. Mm-hmm. The other one was a pear apple cider, which was really nice. Is that a perry? No. Is that what they call it? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. No I idea. Don't know if enough about cider. Uh and then the other one was actually chai spiced. Oh, interesting. Cider, I do like chai spiced. How was which that? Was incredible. I don't oh. really care for chai too much. Whoa. 
I know. I don't know. I don't know. Don't like pumpkin spice. Don't like chai spice. It's I fine. Love chai. Uh, but I loved that cider. It was really great. Mm. I'm like, I not even alcoholic cider. I just want a cider right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, just regular, like, hot apple cider. Got some in my fridge, baby, at home. Even just some musclements, you know? Just pour <laughs> off a small glass. I would drink it. Get this man I, some Martinelli's. Dude, hey, Wilson's that sounds also great. makes non-alcoholic regular apple cider, too, everybody. It's perfect. Really Except good. Ivy on 42nd. Shout out Heck to Ivy yeah. on 42nd again. Dang it. Okay, I'm gonna get some cider this I'm week. I'm gonna dox myself. Accidentally. I know. Yeah, they're gonna. Someone's gonna be able to triangulate. triangulate yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ten Towers Cider Co. out of Port, out of Oregon. Oh, okay, cool. Very good. Very good stuff. Shout out to them. Come on the show. Hit us up. Do it, cowards. The Vorloff Hour at gmail.com. We post about it next time. Let's tag them and be like, yeah, "We will bring it on." Let's do cowards. it, cowards. <laughs> Jack, do you have another one? I do have another one. So we're moving. It's, it was November. I'm having that barley wine, you know? Yeah, you're moving pu- in December. Mm-hmm. Winter's about to hit. Maybe mm-hmm. there's some snow on the ground, but it's starting to get real cold outside. And when it gets real cold outside, I open up the liquor cabinet now. This beer lives in the liquor cabinet. Oh, you know shit. Saying? And it is. Bourbon's not a beer. Belgian quad. Oh. oh. You, I'm oh, out. Oh, my God. You lost me. It's not quite cold enough for me to get the barrel-aged Imperial Stout out, but I just want some Belgian quad. It has the caramel. It has the banana. It has, like, all those good Belgian esters. It has some raisin. Tastes kind of like butterscotch. Get me in a Belgian quad. Absolutely. No. No. (laughs) You can say no as much as you want. This is my Mount Rushmore. I know, and I, I appreciate that, and I respect it, and I hope you can... Have as much quad as you want. Um, yeah, confluence. I can't stop it, but virtuous endeavor is very good. Is you know quad goals? Quad goals from five one five is also very good. They don't put it out every year now, do they? Oh, do they not? I don't I, know. I don't think it was came out last year. If we, hey Barb, you if hear she's us? Listening, do it, coward. Now yeah. I'm just calling everybody cowards. <laughs> But hit, us, I, hit us back on the email. Let's get you on the mic. And I'm not talking about barrel aged ones. I'm talking about non barrel aged ones because once again, like that barrel aged stuff is going to pop out in late December slash January and stuff. I, I just a nice good quad is just really nice for cold weather because mm-hmm. it also has this nice life and body to it and this fruitiness to it that I think is just really good and it really pairs well with like you know just fall snacks in general. So sure. There you go. Hate yeah. on me, hater. I'm not hating on you. He's taking I'm out just, the it's hater not my, It's not my preferred style of beer. That's you know? fine. Our our things are different. Yeah, my palate's more refined. Oh, well then, the monks that have been brewing quad for years might disagree with you for how your refinement has been working, Mr. I prefer adjuncted stouts. Yeah, because we got it right. <laughs> America. Well, I want, to, I want to know when the first like pastry stout came out and when it would be classified as a pastry stout. Um, what's it, what's up next on yours? Uh, just in a barrel aged beer. Okay, just in like, I'm 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 reverse leapfrogging you. I'm okay with that. So, you know, so it's like because you were saying later on would be barrel aged beer, but for me, this is when I like to enjoy. You know, just. I like to open a bottle with some friends. Maybe it is the la- it's the nightcap. We're all around the bonfire. We're like, guys, we got this little BA beer. Okay. It's just barrel and beer. 
It might, you know, maybe later on some other time. Maybe, maybe some other time, but we're talking about just straight up like barrel and beer, baby. Let's break it out. Let's have a little bit. Let's have like two, three ounces. Just enough to kind of put you at the warmth that you need. Can I give you a really good example of what you did to me with that same situation? Sure. Halloween party last year. It was getting towards the end of the night. And what did you do? You busted out a bottle of barrel-aged beer, and we all had a couple ounces. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> it was great. I don't remember that. It was Lua's uh, coconut. Um, coconut oh, out. it was the pink wax? I don't remember. It was a barrel-aged version, though, not a bar- non-barrel-aged version. It probably was. Yeah. See, that's a good time to have it. I'm just, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that was a really good, like, as, well, exactly what you're talking about happened last year, and it was a great time. And it felt everyone like reminisced about it and had thoughts on it. It was a very Heck thoughtful yeah. evening. Good. Until yeah, we started see, killing each other, but that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. Tootsie rolls. It's a it's a it's a contentious issue. But can't you just see yourself, you and a group of folks, like exactly what you're saying? You're reminiscing. You're poeticizing about this beer, a beer that's taken possibly years to get into your hand, into your tummy. You're around a fire. It's a nostalgic time. The thick walls of darkness from the fall are coming in and making it a more cozy atmosphere. You oh, can't see so much past the, the fire, you know? It's just you and your friends and what's in your hands. It's great. It's great. Yeah, I agree. 100%. So that would be my final... That's, that's the final one on my Mount Rushmore. A nice BA beer, stout porter, you know, just something that has great barrel character. Great warmth and depth and something you can keep sipping on and thinking on and just engaging with the people around you. But it's also good enough just to have to yourself, you know? You want a quiet evening? You want to pontificate? You want to think about some things? It's the same way I like to enjoy, you know, a good bourbon or whiskey. Absolutely. But if I want some great malt character, I want a little more story to it, I'll have a BA beer. Nice. Nathan? Yeah, so my last one is is porter. It's like a nice dry porter. And for that, I've chosen Lionbridge Disaster at Mew. Just a nice, phenomenal beer. Chris. Talk about GABF award-winning beers. Yeah. Not this year, but it has one, two, I believe. Yeah, two or uh, three. 2015 and 2021, according to uh, the Untapped, as I was like, wow. Looking up. I'm just going to double check. Six year difference. While I'm on here again. That tells you how Correct. good the beer is. Yeah. Gold medal in 2015 and then a silver in 2021. Uh, again, like I said, I came out to Cedar Rapids shortly after college, and that was like Lionbridge was a great place for me to get into craft beer more and more. And getting a disaster at Mew was probably the second porter I ever loved. So, yeah, that's an amazing beer. It's so clean, it's so tasty. It has all those like, Beautifully dark, not overly like crazy, no adjuncts or anything. So it just is what it is. Yeah. I actually got to the opportunity to pour some of that um, in 2018. I didn't win a medal that year, but um, I got to pour some of that at the Iowa Brewers Guild booth at the Great American Beer Festival. So that was a really cool experience because everyone took volunteer shifts to help pour at that yeah. uh, tent outside of the volunteers just to put uh, you know faces with the breweries that were there. And it was me, and at the time, the director, Jay Wilson, and one other person. And that was one of the three beers we were serving. So I got to talk up its praises to all sorts of other people yeah. uh, that were there that day. Yeah. 
It was a good time. Yeah. Talk about reminiscing with friends and strangers. That's a good one to talk about with. Yeah, definitely. I just hit that stout again. A lot of coffee notes coming out. Yeah. It was good. Oh, you, oh, oh, the stout from earlier. It was almost like one. a, like a, like a latte. Nice. Yeah. I could see that. Absolutely. With the sweetness, but a little more of that fruity berry quality coming through mm-hmm. too, as well. Maybe from the specialty malts, maybe a yeast character too, mm-hmm. but. That was nice. I liked it as it warmed up more. Yeah. Yeah. More, more agreeable. Those to big that stouts tend to be better the warmer they get. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. Just put them on the point, oven. I guess. Put them on the you stove. don't want them room temp, but you don't want them super cold. Have we all crafted our Mount Rushmore? We did. We have. Yeah. I think we need to go around and share in conjunction what our four are. Yeah. Oh, so. Jack? Uh, I, I had Martin, pumpkin beers, uh, Barley wines and then Belgian quads. Nice, James. I had uh, also. This is in no particular order. Uh, Meritzen, pumpkin beers. Um, I guess spiced flavored mm-hmm. uh, dark beer, and uh, barrel aged beer. And I had Octobot three thousand Marzen from Lionbridge, Gray's Lake Nessie Scottish Ale from Confluence. Hazelnut Scottish Ale. Well, I just had the regular, like, because they've the hazelnut's the adjuncted version, right? Or is it? Yeah. Are they all hazelnut? Well, you talked more about the hazelnut one, so he talked more about the hazelnut. Well, I just talked about the original. We talked more about the hazelnut. That's fair because that's <laughs> when I hear fall, that one comes out in the fall. So, uh, Sutliff hard cider, just cider, mm-hmm. and then disaster at Mew Porter from Lionbridge. So, those are our Mount Rushmore of fall beer slash fall styles, listeners. Wait, Jack has some. I already said mine. He I said went his first. Four. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, if the listeners have anything that they want to put on their Mount Rushmore of fall beers, go ahead and comment below. Yeah, we're gonna, when we post when you post this episode on socials, comment below the post. Mm-hmm. What are you? What's your Mount Rushmore we'll of fall back styles? And argue with you just like we were arguing earlier. Perfect. Yeah. Or agree with you, which is probably more likely what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Because if you have a reason for it, then like it's your Mount Rushmore. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's your own personal Mount Rushmore. It's your own private Idaho. Now, if you say my own private South, South Dakota, Dakota. <laughs> if you say, but if you say certain styles, I'm gonna have to come in and ask you why. Like if you say Italian Pilsner during the middle of fall, I'm gonna be like, okay, but yeah, do you have a story? Like because beers have stories and people have different stories, so it'd be fun to hear the listeners' stories yeah. about what why they picked what they did. Yeah, we just want your justification on your whack. Your terrible Choices. lists. Yeah. Calling We've you justified listeners. ours. You just heard us talk about 20 minutes about them. How about that? Hmm. Well, guys. Yeah. Was this the Morloff hour? It was the Morloff hour. This was great. It, it, we're, you know, every, every chance we get, we continue to hone down the Morloff hour. I don't mean time-wise. <laughs> definitely not time-wise. Because Morloff hour is generally more than an hour. Yeah, because we're definitely forgetting a segment. We are? Morloff musings, my dude. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like, I was we, getting into that. That's what we end the cast with. You're right. We're on the Morloff musings. Yeah. This is a time when we get to reflect, engage, think back on things that happened during the week or the pre or since the previous episode, whatever. Uh, that are non-beer. Or they could be beer. You know, just something about uh about our life and times that you know we've thought on fondly. Mm. Yeah, I can go first. I, I've got mine right here. Please do. So a uh, few weeks. So 
since we last recorded, uh, my grandpa passed away. Oh, sorry to hear um, that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, he had a good life. Um, but in the while we were all up there and kind of my grandma was sh- giving out belongings, uh, I saw on her bed a camera bag and in it a film camera from the 80s. And I just asked grandma about it. She's like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, it's yours if you want it. Found out from my dad that my grandpa would use this camera to uh, f- just take photos of my uncle when he was in high school, like in basketball and sports and stuff like that. So that's pretty much all he used it for. Um, but I, you know, I work in the I work in media. I work in audio and video, but not really in film. And I take photos on my phone or whatever. But it's been super fun over the past three, four weeks or so to be learning uh, how to shoot film on my grandpa's camera. And I've made it through two rolls of film already. I have one one roll developed and another one in the queue to be developed as well. And it's been, I don't know, just a fun thing to learn, a fun hobby that I, I plan on using as I know how to use it better. Uh, I kind of want to use it for special occasions with Jamie and I, like when we go down and nice. go out on dates or go out on vacations or anything like that um, to have that be like intentional about what I'm, what I'm shooting. Whereas like, you know, on my smartphone, I'll, you know, shoot my shoot photos of my beer for untapped or whatever. Like it's just going to take photos of anything, but when you're spending money on something and it takes time and you don't know if you're mm-hmm. actually getting a shot, right? Like I want it yeah. to be something a little more special. So. Yeah, I love that. I, uh, <clears throat> as you know, I'm a, I used to do a lot of photography. And when I was, uh, before I took this job over at Cabco, I shot a lot. All I shot was film. I was film specific. And, uh, I agree with you. That's exactly what it is, is that each shot costs, uh, it's not, I mean, it's not just a cost factor, right? Yeah. But it's like, uh, right now storage is cheap. You know, 128 gigabyte card is like 60 bucks and I can delete the photos willy nilly. (laughs) But when I have like a 24 or 36 frame piece of film, you know, a a canister of film, like what what I what what you shoot is there. Yeah. And everyone is a story, whether it's a fuck up or not. You know, it's it says something about where you were and what you were doing. And each one can be um, another great example of what it is to be a person yeah with film it's uh the imperfections stay with digital i can delete something immediately yeah i gotta look back on you know those negatives i got and that's what is great i have a i have a book of a lot of famous photographers of their um sheets like when they were going to print stuff so as entire roles they were shooting oh interesting around famous photos so you can see the ones that they picked because they would circle yeah, on the yeah. negatives and they're like, print this up. And so you can go back and look at all those. And now it's just like, even with this, you know, you just, you He's can hold in a camera, a I digital can, one. Yeah. I can delete anything, but like with, you do have to, you have to deal with the film that you have It's pimples and all. Yeah. yeah. And that's, what's so romantic about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on, on my first roll of developed film, I have, three accidental shots that are either completely black, completely underexposed, like whatever. Like one of the shots I have a I have a a zoom lens which I'm not very good with, but I was trying to take like a macro shot with it where I was like really mm. close on a subject 
and it's completely blurry. It's completely sure. shaky, but <laughs> there's like some character to it that I kind of still like, even though it's like yeah. completely shaky and garbage. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I uh, got to uh, Tis the Fall season, which apparently has turned into wedding season in my life for me yes. and my many friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the uh, opportunity to go to a wedding at Lua. Uh, for my good friend uh, Lucas Alman and his wife Melissa, uh, that was amazing. That was a great thing in my life, and I got to celebrate my sixth anniversary with my wife. Congrats, on, my wife! Uh, yeah, so uh, we didn't really do much. We went out for some cocktails, and then we really wanted to get like traditional Chinese food to because we had hankering for it because we lived in China during college. So we had, a, and then Heavenly still exists in Des Moines, and they're only doing carryout, but like, hey, that's what we wanted. So yeah. We, Ordered what we wanted, took it home, and just had a nice evening after having some cocktails down at the Winchester. Um, yeah, so we, we went out, had an evening of it. Even though we couldn't eat there, we picked up the food after we were done having cocktails and had a merry little evening at home. So that yeah. was very nice. Did you guys get to eat the food in bed with the chickens, dogs, and cats? Uh, the chickens will not come inside. <laughs> They're very dirty birds. Uh, but we did eat it at our uh, kotatsu table that we have in our living room that we sit on the floor at. So, oh, yeah, fun. It's, nice. It's not on yet. It's not It's not cold enough to be on. <laughs> a heated table if you guys don't know oh i, don't, I have no idea, no, what I have no idea like is. if you watch anime and like if it's in the winter or whatever they don't have heaters in their house so there's like a table with a blanket that goes out and there's mm. actually a heating element under the table you put your feet under it and you stay warm that that's way. cool so you just sit at the table all evening and on the couch and hung out what are you talking about we ate <laughs> dinner at the kotatsu yeah and then we just had a nice evening of watching stuff sure and just hung out i don't know so, okay i'm with so you? western no i'm just trying to wrap my head around this table <laughs> It literally looks like a coffee table, but right now it doesn't have a blanket under it because it's not cold enough. So now it is the blanket the warming aspect, or is it the table on the table underneath the table? You plug it in and it heats. It's like a space heater. Oh, yeah. There's combining things together. Yeah. Well, the blanket keeps the heat in because in the Japanese households, they didn't have actual heaters. It's like some other. Yeah. Like, I guess maybe in Texas, if you didn't have a furnace or something like that. Okay. Or in Seattle, you don't have air conditioning. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or Portland, California. Oregon, where I live, too, and they didn't have yeah. air conditioning either. Okay. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing, my musing, uh, in two weeks' time, it's a Wednesday. Right now it is. What, what time is it? It's the 12th. That's right. In two weeks' time, I will be on a plane with my wife. My wife. My wife. For our second anniversary, this is our first time we've actually got to do a very long trip since we got married. And Grace had this phenomenal idea because year two is cotton. And uh, she was like, let's just buy shoes for each other. I was like, oh, that's cool. So we're going to wear these fancy new shoes uh, during our whole travels. Did you say where you're going? Uh, Boston and uh, Salem. Nice. Massachusetts. Yeah, we're witchy people. So spooky people. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, we got married on Halloween. So that should explain everything. <laughs> it's very yeah. good. So we're looking forward to that. We've been planning it for months. And that'll be great. Also just a great time to, you know, when you're with your partner, you just shut your phone off and hang out. Yeah. That's amazing. So very much looking forward to that. Looking forward to that and then just uh, coming back. We'll be knee deep in fall, gearing up for winter. 
and uh, hunkering down pretty much till March. So yeah, it's gonna be a good time. That's some great music. Yeah, that's a nice segment to cool off with. Yeah, mm-hmm. except for being attacked about Katatsu, <laughs> but that's a different thing. I wouldn't attack you. I was just mm-hmm. confused. That's yeah, fine. I'm a confused Iowan. I don't know these things. Katatsu, you can't just yeah. say that shit and be like, what's I that? I did a pretty <laughs> good job. Oh, you don't know what that is, James, you idiot? I gave, you it, idiot. I gave it a two-sentence thing. You said it, there's like a warming and a blanket and some shit. <laughs> I'll show you a picture sometime. We'll post it on the... Uh, we'll post it on the... Yeah, we will. We're going we're gonna to call this one like the Katatsu... Um, the Katatsu yeah. catastrophe. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That'll make sense when they have to listen through it. This has been the Morloff Hour. The supplemental show of the Vorloff Hour, where you get to listen to me, James, Jack, and Nathan have wonderful conversation. And we're happy that you're listening, and we're happy to be talking to you. If you'd like to engage with us, comments, questions, concerns, ramblings, musings, any of that, please follow us on Facebook. Just look up the Morloff Hour. Go to Instagram. No, did I say the Morloff Hour? The Vorloff Hour. Hour. Facebook, the Vorloff Hour. Instagram, the Vorloff Hour. The Vorloff Hour at gmail.com. Engage with us. Talk with us. Let's hang out. In the comments, digitally, it's always a good time. Uh, This has been awesome. Another episode in the bag, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Next time you hear us, we will be at iBest. I won't be. I'm sorry, guys. I'll miss you. Jack's got things to do. We all have lives outside of these mics. Got another wedding to go to. It's wedding season, baby. Wedding season. Um, and then you'll hear some more, some more interviews. We got some fun stuff coming up. Actually, the next time you hear us will be fence line. Yeah, fence line. Yeah, yeah. great time talking to Susan. I well, that's in the. Will that be in the past for this? Will future. In the future? Okay, good. This will be. Yeah, you're right. It was a great time. Susan's awesome. She gave us beer, and it was epic beer. And we did not get the shrimp macaroni and cheese. Lobster. Lobster mac. Why did I say shrimp? (laughs) It's seafood. But it's lobster. Yeah. So. Check it out. I'm not going to hold that against Susan. I won't hold it against you, Susan. We love you. And we love the listeners. Yeah. Once again, just hang out with us, guys. Check us out. Share it. Tell everybody. We're come on. What what is it? Rate and review five stars. It's a click to review. It's a click to share. Come on. What are we gonna beg you? Yes, we are. Come begging on. You. But you know what? We appreciate you. Those who listen. Those who share. Those who talk. Those who kiss. <laughs> also, congratulations to whoever got those bottles from Lua. Yeah. 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 I did talk to Scott about that. He said they were claimed quite quickly. Good. Good job, listeners. So proud of you. Good job, guys. If you got a bottle, comment. Let us know who yeah, it was. Yeah, I want to know who it was. Yeah, who who got it? Let us know your flavor notes, too. Yeah. Yeah. And if you chug it, let's see the video. <laughs> I hope not. I, I hope you don't. Good Lord. But until next time. Until next time. Stay crispy. This has been a production of the Vorloff Hour, the official podcast of the Iowa Brewers Guild. Special thanks to Andrew Hoyt for the intro music and Balanced Scale Media, LLC, for our sponsor segments and outro music. 
find the Vorloff Hour wherever podcasts are found. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram.